This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Hello everybody and welcome to the Super J Cast. I'm John Abraham and joined by Daniel McDonald. How's it going, baby? We are great. It's uh, a pro wrestling Monday morning for me. And um, by pro wrestling, I mean we're going to talk about pro wrestling. Like we always do on the Super J Cast. It's fun. Uh, exciting. Exciting times. I don't know if it's exciting times, but... Uh, we're all geared up again. I say it every week, and every week we inch closer, Joel, to Tokyo and uh, Wrestle Kingdom weekend, which is always a blast. Can I have a word with Music Damon to start off the show? Because there's something that I'm personally very excited about that uh, is near and dear to our hearts and involves our good friends and integral part of the show, editor Dan, Whoa. who has been doing some very exciting stuff yeah. and. I'm going to hand over to Music Damon here because I'm not the most uh, erudite person when it comes to the musical world. Um, Damon, do you want to tell us your thoughts? Uh, just give the listeners a quick update what's been going on with Editor Dan. All right, kids, strap in. It's another Damon Music segment. Editor Dan, uh, again, not only a, a vital part of everything that we do here on the Super Jcast, uh, helping us with uh, every show he has his fingers on, which is pretty hot if you think about it. Uh, but also, Dan, he has, uh, I wouldn't even say it's a side project. I, I wouldn't even disrespect it like that because it is a full-fledged, legit, real, and dare I say, incredibly awesome-sounding project that he has escaped the boxes his band um, and Pariah his EP. Uh, the band's EP is uh, was released over the week, and I'm not lying when I say this. It's fucking good. It's good. It's real good. Um, there's a couple tracks on there that I've been playing quite a few times. Um, I like uh, whatever happened. I like Mistress, the first track on the EP. I'm telling you. And I'm not just saying it because it's Dan, and I'm not just saying it because uh, he's, he, he is a, 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 a three-piece set, as I like to say, on this... Uh... We, we shoot straight, don't we, Damon? If the music sucks, you tell him. I, Damn, I, this is shit. I mean, I, I mean look, you can kind of tell, right, when... Look, everybody's got friends that they have that, you know, might have a little side thing going on or a little project that they do. Uh, or, you know, they want to show you their watercolors or whatever. Okay, you know, cool. And I, I'm all for it. I want people to to do that because I think that's an important thing of life, right? I I don't understand people who just, yeah, I come home and I stare at my wall and then I, get, and then I go to work and then I – and not that I, – I can't – like I have a million things that I'd like to do. And I don't do any of them well, but I try to do them all. But at the end of the day, if like you would tell – if I were like, oh, yeah, this is real good, Dan. That's not the case. Like, like everything that I've heard is 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 a polished effort. 
You know what I mean? Like it, like it looks good and it and it sounds good and it is good and yeah, it's so real professional. It's not like a you know bunch of lads in a garage somewhere, right? You know, busting out amateur tunes. This is like good, high quality, high production stuff, right? Right. It's a legitimate, you know, thing, um, and it's good. So I whole listen Spotify. Uh, that's where I've been listening to it. You can obviously purchase it from iTunes. Um, which is what I did for the low, low price of £1.95, yeah, which nothing. is a steal yeah. for four songs. I mean, that's nothing to me. And it's good. And it's good. And, and in a, you know, it, the money doesn't go into our pockets, but it goes into Dan's pockets and his projects. So, again. Wait, what? Are we, we're, yeah. we're not getting a cut from this, David. <laughs> I wish. I wish. Because I got, I got news for you. I, you know, I say this under my breath every once in a while, but if anything's going to take off, it's going to be this fucking band. Like, like we're going to be left in the dust, like talking talking about a New Japan podcast, and he's going to be on tour with fucking Oasis when they get back together. Um, you know, he's he's going to be doing entrance music for some of the wrestlers in New Japan. I'll tell you They'll what. He'll be doing Zack Sabre Jr.'s new entrance theme. I'll, I'll, t- I'll make this bet right here and right now. Dan's band plays, and I'm not going to say main stage, mind you, He's playing Glastonbury before we're getting a check from New Japan Pro Wrestling. <laughs> oh, yes, I would take that bet. I, that bet. In a heartbeat. Yeah, that bet is having it, that Dan will be playing Glastonbury before we get any type of money. How about this? I'll go so far as it goes. I'll say this. Dan, Dan's band, Escape the Box. Again, Pariah. Uh, go Spotify. Apple Play. YouTube as well. YouTube.com forward slash Escape the Box UK. Yep. Um, anywhere you go to get your music. Give it a listen, right? Uh, this this is the bet. That we make that collectively, the the, the Super JKS, collectively get, and we'll start, we'll start the ticker right now. We'll start the ticker right now. $5,000. So we have to get $5,000 for our efforts. Or Dan plays Glastonbury first. I'll tell you right now, Dan's playing Glastonbury. <laughs> I swear to God. I swear to God. See you, I'm just a boy next door that'll play the music loud until the police get called. I'ma never turn it down. Yeah, I'm so cold, sure in the mirror, rocking out until my nana calls me son and sends our finger what she's done. Now I'm back at work, only just to cash my chicken. The other thing we need to plug, Damon, is your appearance on WH Park's new podcast, Thunderstruck, yes. which is picking out the some memorable matches from the career of one Jushin Thunder Liger. That will be coming out October 26th. Do you want to give the listeners a little sneak preview of what you and WH were talking about? Everything but pro wrestling, it felt like. <laughs> no. Um, he's a good guy. Uh, we hit it off real well. We both have... Very similar tastes in music and in uh, style and in uh, even what we like in our pro wrestling. Um, And I always tell him every time I hop on, it's one of my favorite gigs. Um, I don't do a lot of guest spots. I'll do Andrew's Music of the Mat because I love him and he's great and I love the concept of the show. Uh, And I I like doing his. Um, It's just always fun. So it was uh, my personal favorite Liger match we, we got to choose. Um, which one we wanted to talk about, and mine's the uh, that January uh, Naoki Sano match from '90. Uh, um, you know, the famous one or the infamous one. Liger has his mask ripped, the blood. Uh, Liger winning the title back, and shortly thereafter, kind of Na- Naoki Sano leaving the promotion. 
Um, it's one of those matches, you know, kind of everybody kind of talks about where they were and what they were in, in life when they found Japanese pro wrestling. And for me, this this is one of those defining moments, right? So, um, and we were talking a lot about tape trading and how we got um, matches and like how long it took me to even get this match and just fun, just a fun time. It's always a good listen. So yeah, I'm the first one. So when he releases um, these shows, my show's the first one, and it was fun. So I wholeheartedly recommend you give it a listen and subscribe because you, you'll want to get everyone. He's got good guests lined up um, all, all throughout, and um, I, I can't imagine it being a boring listen. So uh, give, it a, give it a go, as they say. Uh, my show's the first one, and it's the one featuring that Naoki Sano match. I've got an episode coming up sometime in the future. I won't spoil which match it is, but it is, I can confidently say, I think it will be the worst quality match in the entire series. Ah. So you can look forward to that. But very interesting discussion. You're probably thinking, what is Joel on about? But you'll have to wait and find out and listen to the show to hear what the match is and why I picked it if it's so shit. And it it stinks. So (laughs) there you go. Exciting times there. Uh, Also, Damon, what was exciting is uh, we're having a strong zero drinking contest with Spicy Carl, Carl Fredericks. I saw that. And with you with you funding all my strong zero drinkage <laughs> over this holiday, it's gonna be a pricey night. <laughs> it might be a pricey night. I, I yeah, yeah. Uh what see here's the thing. While spicy, as as we'll refer to him, uh, you know, has the time of his life in Tokyo with his wonderful, well chiseled body and his good looks, and I'm sure Charming, amazing hair, amazing hair, and and and, a full wrestling match, not a hair out of place. Yeah, you know, just you know what? While he's you know that's fueling his uh, drinking habits. What what he doesn't understand is is that I've been seeing a young lady, and her name is alcoholism, (laughs) and I have been seeing her for thirty plus years, and that has been driven with. uh, various forms of social anxieties and and uh, depressions and 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 talking myself into uh, terrible things and poor choices. So strong zeros for everybody, folks. <laughs> so so the, we're coming at this little contest from two completely different perspectives. Uh, but uh, yes, if it does happen, that'll be fun. I mean, listen, I, I here's the thing though. Um. Are you a distance drinker, Joel, or are you a can you pound them down quickly uh, and 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 survive? Are you that kind of drinker? Uh, I, you know, I think I'm more of a distance person. I've, I'm gonna not gonna lie. I've never drunk so much that you know I've been blackout, forgotten what's happened. Mm-hmm. But definitely a social drinker. I will, you know, put a few of those nine percent tall boys away before uh, a big wrestling show to enjoy myself. You know, a bit karaoke. Parties, whatever. That's that's more my kind of jam. I'm not, you know, sitting there just hammering them with the intention of getting <laughs> completely plastered. Okay. All right. Well, we come at it from a different side, <laughs> right? So we're going to hit it from both angles. Uh, yeah, I'm more of a distance. I, I'm definitely more distance. But but my distance is we're going all fucking day. Um, and I, you know, I don't I don't know if, if if time will allow us to do that. But again, we have a lot of ideas. We, we we'd like to figure something out. So he seems like a good guy, and um, just just him busting our balls about it, 
Uh, appreciate that. And uh, again, we'll line something up, and and hopefully it'll be broadcast on New Japan World. <laughs> we can get Kevin Kelly to commentate our our uh, abusing of alcohol in Tokyo. That'd be fun. Right, sticking with New Japan World, there was yet another press conference today, mm. which was the announcement of the official launch of New Japan Pro Wrestling of America. So that's going to be the official US subsidiary branch of the States. And I'm not going to read all the details from the press conference. You can find that on the New Japan website where they go into more detail about what that will entail. But Damon, you've had a look at it. You've seen the details What's your gut reaction when you saw the content of this press conference? Well, first thing that stood out for me is the idea of this. First, let, let's rewind the clock a little bit. And when they first started announcing um, U.S. expansion plans, it, it was, you know, the, the, the running joke was that this was, you know, the California territory or, or what have you. Um, and it looks like we're growing from that. Now, to have an official office is is an important um, point in New Japan's growth. And again, they're, they're running shows without the uh, without the secondary promotion. I don't want to say footing the bill, but maybe doing a little bit more legwork in the booking of the arenas in the. Uh, getting the chairs and renting the, the barricades and the ring set up and getting it to and fro and all that stuff. Well, it sounds like that's going to be quickly thrown out the window and you know we're our own thing. We're going to be our own brand. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean that they have their own ring and they're going to travel. They're going to have somebody driving a truck. It, it might still very well be, okay, we're, we're using, you know, a CWs in in upstate New York's ring, you know, and we're renting it. Aside from that, it's a, a, a good thing that they are getting more serious about being a sole entity in the United States. Good thing. Here's where I'm a little, and I guess disappointed is the term that I'll use. Only in the sense that three years ago, when we look back in time, we're running shows in the 2300 arenas of the world or, um, you know, this, the mid-size shows. And we're running these things with the help with Ring of Honor and, and all that, those War of the World shows. And we thought that in a year's time or two years' time or whatever time that we would be growing – that word of mouth that was mentioned in that press conference would have already taken place. That buzz, that all that, all those things that we talk about to help kind of homegrown revolution. It's the fans that are going to take this to the streets and get their friends and then their friends. And then the next thing you know, big buildings. And it feels like that momentum has peaked. To me, and that peaked at Madison Square Garden. Look, listening and and getting the notes from that presser, we're back to those two thousand seat arenas, and they're going to run those type. We're not. We. I'm, I'm going to say this, and it pains me because again, two years ago, I didn't. I 
I wish I wouldn't have to say this, but I'm going to say it because it's the truth and we're not some circle jerk show that's, you know, the, it, the reality is, is that this company isn't, at least in the United States, a basketball hockey arena promotion. Sorry, we're not, right? So if if this is a reset, if this is a, okay, uh, we need to reevaluate to see really where we are in the market when it comes to uh, America, we are a 20,000, 20,000, I wish we were, we're a 2,000-seat arena still. And we we did not do a good job of capitalizing on the growth that we had leading up to this point. In fact, I feel like we've either flatlined or we've taken a step backwards. Now, if if we agree that the the peak and the pinnacle was Ring of Honor's New Japan show at at Madison Square Garden, we've seen how far Ring of Honor has fallen. And I would not in no way, shape, or form say that New Japan has fallen that far. But it does feel like we've spun our wheels a little bit and we haven't taken an advantage since that point. It's not anything that's particularly sexy. There's nothing to get your heart racing, is there? Because when you're seeing them mentioning things like, oh, we're looking at smaller venues, like 2,000-seater venues, that's not competition for the big guns, is it? No. They're not trying to compete with the likes of WWE or All Elite Wrestling or any of that. You know, this is competing with the lower level stuff, you know, like uh, Impacts or your Ring of Honours and, and things like that. Yeah. So it does, I mean, it's sensible. It makes sense because we had a lot of situations this year where they run larger venues and there have been a lot of empty seats and it's looked bad. And you thought, well, had they picked a smaller venue, it wouldn't have looked so terrible. So, yeah, it makes sense on the one hand. But on the other hand, I want more events like Madison Square Garden, like G1 in Dallas, and things like New Beginning USA and Fighting Spirit Unleashed. It doesn't excite me. Right. But I guess I'm not the target audience. I mean, these are not necessarily things that people are rubbing their hands together. Oh, I can't wait to watch this on NJPW World. This is just a chance for the fans in the States to go to these live events. And they are always fun. They haven't put on any bad events so far. But it's it, it seems to be quite conservative yes you know, i want to see them trying to put on big shows and excite people and you know throw the gauntlet down to those bigger companies i'm not saying do it all the time and you know the people that we've spoken to have given us some uh interesting comparisons like you look at the nfl who don't have a uk subsidiary but they'll come to wembley stadium once or twice a year to put on a big showcase match and it's a big event and everyone's excited and that leads to some growth so I'm trying to. I'm not saying the two things are mutually exclusive. I mean, great, we're getting more smaller level shows, but I hope that's not at the expense of them, uh, of the bigger shows. I hope they do come back next year and put on some big foreign shows as they did this year. They're they're really in a weird scenario where they're playing, and again, they're, the idea is two thousand seat buildings. Well, that's already your core. Like you're not going. It's going to be very difficult to grow from that. Right. Um, the people that are already 
in the streets and loving your product and is passionate about you. They're 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 the ones that are there. They're the ones, right? Um, you and I don't know if live events is is going to be the way to grow that, right? Again, so their mindset has to be okay. Other than those 2,000 people that are already going to buy tickets, those are the people that are like your fan base, New Japan Pro Wrestling. Let me clue you in because, you know, we do that for you. <laughs> is are the people that are listening to this show that they're already there. They're already, they're, these are the people that are already buying those tickets, right? The only thing that you can go down from there is less. <laughs> right, like like burning those people out and be like, ah, there's really not a big point in going, <laughs> right? Because I've seen these guys, you know, the same shit every six months or whatever. You got to give them something special. So, you know, the idea of running these two thousand seat buildings is okay to a certain degree, but just like you were saying, Joel, to get new people, you gotta you gotta give them a reason to buy a ticket. Like, you can't just say New Japan Pro Wrestling is showing up. Come. You got to say, it's this match. You're getting it. Come. Right? And, and I, like, that's a change in philosophy of booking. That's a change in the way the company as a whole does business from, from a pro wrestling perspective. And that's a difficult thing to do. Again, my thoughts, Joel, is, okay, you can run these things, and, and they might be profitable to you but but by in no means I, I do I want them to think that we're growing the business by running these arenas these people are already fucking there and they're already fans and the the only thing you're going to do is burn out those fans you're not going to grow the business because you've already been doing that for three fucking years this is your audience you got to think of other ways to get new people in the building. Now, I say that Lowell had tickets available. It didn't sell out. Hammerstein did well, but it's New York fucking city. You know, you better, you better do well. You, Philly sold out in seconds, right? I, but, but again, those are hotbeds of pro wrestling. I, I truly believe that if they wanted to, and I think it would be more impactful, Joel, if they said, okay, we're going to run basketball arena. And we're going to take the, that that pocket, that three, and I don't know, pick an arena in there. Newark, Prudential Center, I don't know. Um, I, I just picked one. That, all, that, that whole pocket could go to, right? That's a travelable for Philly. That's travelable for anybody in the, in the, in the metro network or New York metro area. Um, Boston could get down there relatively easy taking a train, and then all points west. Could pick one arena, give them something special, they'll go. That's that's what we're talking about. And, and give other people opportunity to feel the buzz. People aren't going to feel the buzz with, oh, New Japan's showing up. Eventually you're going to burn that out. I've been having a look on Twitter to see what people's thoughts are on this. And Voices of Wrestling made a good point. 
uh, about roster size putting out that it's not an issue because you know people were worried about resources being stretched too thin but um, they made the point that during the G1 there were over 30 wrestlers that were either not booked for the tour at all on excursion injured or working the tour but not wrestling and that the New Japan roster is larger than you think they can always add they've got dojos on three continents feeding them so at the time these were the, the wrestlers who were not part of that tour for whatever reason so we've got Sho, Yo, Kojima, Nagata, Nakanishi, Gorillas of Destiny, Hikuleo, Eagles, El Fantasmo, Taguchi, Tiger Mask, Ishimori, Mikey Nichols, Makabe, Doki, Rocky, Coglin, Taka, Tenzan, Desperado, Oka, Finley, Kawato, Hiromu, Gambino, Gedo, and Jado. So you, it does make sense in, in one hand to think, okay, well, if we've got this tour running in Japan, then let's use all these guys that are not being used and put on a, a smaller show in the States concurrently, as they tried to do with the New Beginning Tour. So that does make sense to me. But again, out of the, the names I've listed, it's there's no one on there that you're like, oh, I've got to go and see this guy. It, it's no one, you're not going to be booking flights or hotels to travel across the country to do that. And But just other practical things, JDM wrote to us and said, I think we need to consider how a US office helps the expansion, consider the flaws in their efforts thus far, uh, too much LA slash West Coast, late card announcements, poor slash late marketing, media relations. US office presumably will create a liaison to Western media outlets, help market events. Doesn't help with card announcements. Seems like they'll hit different markets outside LA, which is something that they did uh, bring up. They they had a little map for this expansion, uh, talking about the West with six cities, four states, uh, the Mid with seven cities, six states, the East, Southeast, and Texas. So it looks like they're going to be getting a bit more coverage. So I'm trying to look at the, the practicalities where it does make sense. But yeah, we're just coming back to the original point. Is you know, it's not exciting news, is it? No, I mean, and 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 who was that? JDM uh, on Twitter. Um, th- all those points that 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 was brought were, were brought up there. We still got what we got, right? <laughs> right. So for all those struggles of of just the way that you know cards are announced, and you you finally find a, a lineup, you know, ten minutes before walking in a door, um, all those things that you know the poor marketing and and you know if you're not a fan of, of New Japan Pro Wrestling, you and Kevin Kelly going out of his way to to hype up shows i mean it's it's hard to get casual wrestling fan to to jump on board even with all that even with all those struggles we still got what we got but this plan that that was outlined doesn't feel like we're we're growing it feels like we're staying the same and um so it'll be interesting again it's one press conference but it's one press conference but that's that's from that this this day forward. Now we have to track of okay, are we improving, and what is the plan to improve to get that new audience? You can't. Here's the here's the thing. You can't rely on word of mouth anymore. You've you're you're past that fucking point. Or we would have hoped that you were. And if you're relying still on not for nothing, our backs. <laughs> right? uh, you know, we're 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 kind of kind of tired of carrying the load, and when I say our backs, I mean the fans you already have. Um, you have to you have to think outside the box, and I don't know if necessarily this is a great idea in expanding what they've already had and have already done. Yeah, it's it's more of a consolidation, isn't it, than a big step forward. Yeah, and 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 I guess to a certain degree, an, an official line in the sand, right? Um, I, I like the fact that there is an office that, you know, f- for all my pessimism of of where we should be 
if we turned back the hands of time and, 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 and looked forward. For all of that, it is pretty exciting if you think about it that New Japan Pro Wrestling has opened up an official. It does give, again, a nice line in the sand of, okay, they're dedicated to this audience, and they're dedicated to growing this audience. They may not be doing it the way that I would agree with, but at least they're doing it. Um, and and there is an avenue for people to support. You can't support something if it's not there. So in that sense, uh, it's a 100% positive thing. It's just, okay, you, you might want to pick up the phone and give us a call so we can help you guys out with this one because you fucked it up the first time. The other thing that stood out to me, Damon, I'm just looking at the names involved in this. So this new company, so we've got Chairman is Naki Sugabayashi, CEO Takami Obari, CFO Michiaki Nishizawa, and COO Kaname Tezuka. It's interesting the names that are not on that list, if you catch my drift. Uh-huh. Wink, wink. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> huh? What? Huh? Uh, yeah. Yeah, it, 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 it is. It is interesting, isn't it? Um, uh, look, it, we'll, uh, we're dancing around a little bit, but yeah, you, you are exactly right, Joel. You are exactly right. Um, a question here. Steele O'Neill says, do you think the US uh, IWGP US title becomes New Japan of America's top strap? And do you think we'll get tag belts and secondary belts too? Probably. I want to see why not. Um, I mean, if this is a, if the end goal here is a touring company, right, similar to that of what, you know, again, if we're doing comparables, an NXT is, um, even though, you know, they have a much better TV deal, that's for sure. Um, Yeah, I mean, I would think. Secondary titles, U.S.-focused secondary titles would be in the future. I don't see why not. I mean, you got to give people something to do and some a, a reason to get in the ring. So, yeah, I would think that would be right around the corner. The other big news that came out in the week was that Bushiroad, New Japan's parent company, bought Stardom, the women's wrestling company. So the key takeaway from that is that Stardom and New Japan will be kept separate, but just under the same umbrella. So... It seemed to me, Damon, that this was a preventative measure against impending the rumors of an incoming NXT Japan. And, you know, just ask any fans of British wrestling, just look what NXT UK has done to the UK wrestling scene. So it seems like a smart move for that. But uh, from what we've heard, don't expect a women's division because uh, we understand upper management are not in favor of that. There might be some cross-promotional stuff, you know, the old interview and that, but... It seems most likely that the two brands are going to stay separate. And the quote from the conference was, the streaming service Stardom World will remain exclusive for Stardom events. New Japan World will not be streaming Stardom. And with New Japan World part owned by TV Asahi and the Stardom TV deal with rival NTV, politically that will be almost impossible to work out. So uh, it did also sound from the quotes that Kidani was interested in having women's wrestling on the shows as part of the Western expansion. So I thought there may be some cross-promoted stuff overseas or just maybe just more stardom shows overseas without having to have a cross-promotional thing. Um, yeah, some people are a bit worried that this is going to be bad for the smaller Joshi promotions in Japan because stardom 
may well start aggressively hoovering up the talent but uh, you know that's not the remit of this podcast so uh, Damon what were your thoughts when you heard about Bushiro buying stardom um I I first from a business perspective I think it's great that stardom has this influx of capital right that's to allow them to pay their talent and to up production and to rent buildings and so forth. So I thought it was a positive from that perspective. Um, the only, and again, negative would be, and again, it's it's more of speculation and learning from past history is, is that, yeah, when you get, for lack of a better term, a business bully who is trying to elbow their way into a market, it does bring upon, I don't want to say desperate things, but it does bring upon, I, I don't know if this purchase would have been made from Bushy Road if there wasn't this constant looming black cloud of, let's be honest, WWE trying to do their, you know, their their idea of the board game risk and just taking uh, over areas and pockets of of pro wrestling fan, fandom. Whether that be the UK, whether that be Australia, whether that be Japan. The good news is, is that at the very least there was some, and again, at the end of the day, it's a business and a financial decision. But at the end of the day, there was a sliver of solidarity between a big conglomerate of Bushiroad and a a pro wrestling promotion that is not running the Tokyo Dome anytime soon um, to kind of say, okay, it makes business sense for everybody. And wink, wink, we kept them at bay, at least for a little bit. The worst thing, I'm telling you right flat out, the worst thing, and again, people have to eat, and people have to pay their rent, and people have to survive. And sometimes when somebody comes in with a big check, it's hard to say no. I can appreciate the fact that at the very least there is some, some again, it's not this big flag-waving, you know, moment in Japanese pro wrestling history of we beat the big guy. But in a small sense, there is a, okay, let's, we know what this is. Let's stick together. So I like that. Um, WWE trying to elbow their way in and just signing and writing checks. If we haven't learned anything from history in the past, that is not a good thing. Um, so again, at least there's some, some recognition of the fact that okay, let let's let's stick together and 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 keep these crumbs out of out of our turf. Quite a few responses with this on Twitter. At Cien Gamboa says, "What's first order of business? Stardom seems straight financially, creatively. Current roster of stars. Streaming was just revamped on a video game. I wonder if we notice a BR impact in the next year at all. So, do you expect any anything to change going forward? I, I you know what? I, it's hard to say." For me, from from a from a pro wrestling perspective, because you know, I'm probably not the best person to ask 
of you know what would I expect from this talent and that talent from a stardom perspective. I think there are better people that can speak on that. But look, they have more money, and I don't care what anybody says. If you have a, a, a little more wiggle room to be a little bit more creative in your marketing or production or anything to make your product better, that's a good thing. Like there's there, I'm going to put this in everyday life. You know, if you had an extra, I don't know, two thousand dollars per month, wouldn't that help? <laughs> right? When that might make your life a little bit easier. Yeah, if you're a stardom fan, this is great news. Right? Yeah, absolutely. And and I don't think it impacts New Japan in any way, shape, or form from a financial perspective. Um, and again, I'm not opposed, Joel, to saying to having a a a a major stardom match on the on the Tokyo Dome show. I'm not opposed to that at all. I'm really not. They because they've done it before. It's not like they it, that's a that's a that's a weird thing. They've had other promotions and they've had you know mixed um a big you know a mixed bag of matches. Um, yeah, just my problem with that is if we take the track record of other stuff. So you know, for example, uh, ROH title. So. If I'm correct, the last time that was defended at Wrestle Kingdom was Wrestle Kingdom 11, and there was uh, a Kyle O'Reilly versus Adam Cole ROH title match right in the middle of the card. Uh, it was 10 minutes long. The match was fine, but nobody gave a shit. It was just in front of a dead crowd. Right. And obviously, you, uh, I'm scared the same thing's going to happen to Stardom. So let's say they put a Stardom title match in the middle of a Wrestle Kingdom. It's not going to get the reception that it deserves because you've got an arena full of... New Japan Pro Wrestling fans, not Stardom fans. Okay. And that match might be better served to be on the main event of a Stardom show where it's going to get more time with a hotter crowd. So I think if you... St- I mean, personally, I-, I would love to see it. If I'm, a, a, you know, I'm going to January 4th, January 5th, if you want to put a few Stardom matches there, yeah, I'm all in favor of it. But uh, it's a bit of a slippery slope, isn't it? it? It can be, but here's the thing. All right, so you're you're a new band. It's, 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 it's Escape the Box, right? And they got a, a chance to play in front of, you know, I don't know, uh, Hyde Park, right? They're going to be the first band on. It's noon. You know, not everybody there. They're, everybody's there to see Liam Gallagher, right? Um, and DMAs and blah, blah, blah. Right? So they have a whole set of bands and, and Escape the Box is going to play. Is Dan going to sit there and say, uh, you know what, this is probably not the audience that's going to, you know, they're not going to know who we are. Or they're just going to be like, all right, we're going to go out there and fucking crush it, and hopefully we win some fans, right? And more people will check us out, right? I'm not saying put your biggest match, your biggest, you know, uh, you know you've booked this thing all year, and you're going to stick them at the Tokyo Dome for 10 minutes, right? But what I am saying is, is that that's, that can be a show place for people to get more eyeballs, right? It can be. Um, and, and I know the argument of, well, you know, you know, it's in front of a, a crowd that might not be as receptive to them and blah, 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 win them over, fucking go out there and win them over. And hopefully you can have more people watch your product as a result. Um, because every fucking band in the entire world has done the same thing. And I find it hard to believe that you can't translate that into pro wrestling. Look, how many times? I mean, how many people were familiar with any junior heavyweights from Mexico or Japan or whatever before you know Nitro, right? 
and I, I think those they, a lot of that helped people grow their pro wrestling fandom. But it was literally a show that they would just click a remote and boop, it was on, and they were there to see Hogan and Hall and Nash and Savage and Sting and all that. But yet on the undercard, you got Rey Mysterio, Eddie Guerrero, Jericho, Malenko, Ultimo Dragon, Liger. You mean to tell me that didn't help their careers? Certainly did. I said go for it. Okay, you, yeah, you make a convincing point there. Uh, Timmy on Twitter says, do you think stardom content could be put on New Japan World where it's available every country but Japan, similar to how CMLL with Japanese commentary is available everywhere but Mexico? What's the, I, I don't understand quite what are we doing. <laughs> Sorry. Okay, I got my <laughs> do you brain think exploded. stardom content should be put on New Japan World uh-huh. in all other countries apart from Japan, like they do with CMLL? No. I mean, I'm not saying that eventually that they have a really solid streaming service that combines both. I'm not saying that that in three years that doesn't happen. For right now, um, no, keep it separate. It's fine. And again, I I would have zero problem having it be you have access to everything. That would be nice. It would be convenient. Joel, would you watch more Stardom if it were on New Japan World? Um, yeah, I think I probably would. I would. I know I would. But the fact that I got to now shell out another $9 or whatever it is, $10 for another streaming service and, you know, that, that you're trying to make me a fan of and some of it's free. And again, there, there are people that are, that are bigger fans and know more about all – just on the surface, just on the ease of use surface, which, trust me, I, I, I live and breathe every fucking day, um, just to have it on with the one. Look, I'm not going to lie. It would make me watch it more. Cannot tell a lot. Uh, again, the plan is to not do that. And the plan is to keep everything separate. Let, let's be very clear. I, I I don't have a problem. And I want it to be separate. Let me, let me make that very clear, too. I want it to be separate. I want them to be separate promotions. But there's nothing wrong with having matches on big shows. It really isn't, number one. And number two... Um, you know, if we're talking completely about ease of use, I think you're going to get more eyeballs if it is on World. That's you know, but for right now, we're keeping them separate, and I'm cool with that. Swordfish on Twitter says, since we're talking stardom, can Damon remember any time there was a Joshi in a New Japan match? Was there ever any crossover between any yeah. Joshi company? Yeah, I mean, the I mean, it was a kind of a mixed show, um, but one of the more um, the ones that, one that instantly pops in my head only because um, I, I just was recently reading more about it was that North Korean show, um, and they had all Japan women um, on that show. Um, I mean that was a little bit different. It was more of a cross thing. Um, yeah, I'm almost I'm almost positive that they've had throughout the years at certain points on bigger shows they would have um, you know, representatives from whatever if it was Sendai girls or if it was uh, seedling or whatever it was or Arceon or you know all these different promotions that have come and gone throughout there there has been there have been times where New Japan has had those matches on there and that's I mean and they were usually pretty good um so no I think uh I I don't I don't see I, I really don't see the big problem in that and again I understand the idea of you know you don't want to have it be your big match your big you know 
thing that you've been building for half a year, have it be a eight minute match rushed through on the Tokyo Dome. I get that. That's not what you want to do. I don't want that. But to have a match on a Tokyo Dome show, look, I'd, I'll tell you right now, I'll tell you right now, I'd rather see that than some meaningless, never six man gauntlet match. Wouldn't you? Yeah, I, I guess you could do it like, you know, give us a an exciting 10 minute match and then say, okay, if you want to see the rematch, you know, yeah. where this is going to be main event, Crackle and Hall, 25 minutes, nonstop action, then check out this show on this date. You mean to me? You mean to tell me Kevin Kelly can't be like okay, and Chris Charlton and Gino can't be like okay? Give us give, give the people who don't know what we're watching here, and the people that we're seeing, give us you know get, sell it to us. You know, do do what you guys do best. Tell us why this is important. Tell me why this person is great. Tell me why this person is not great. Tell me why this person's a heel. You know, what does that take? Right? And then put on a great match. And then hey, you you want to see more? Boop. Here's where they are. How does that hurt anyone? You know how does that how does that hurt anyone? A, you 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 you're opening your product to to new fans. You now own the company, um, and and people will do that. I mean, again, look, one of the biggest things that that that, that I loathe is when I, and I have pockets of friends that are stuck in. A, a, a musical mode, right? Where it's like, okay, they're not gonna, they don't make me, they don't make songs like they used to, man. And it's like they kind of do. You kind of just gotta find it. You're just too fucking lazy to do it. Okay, but that's with everything, right? There's there's movies that I'm sure I would enjoy. There's TV shows I'm sure I'm sure. I just don't, you know, have the time or the effort to go scope everything out, right? This is a way to do that. You, I mean, this is how it, you got to do it. I don't have a problem with it at all. I don't. I don't at all. Again, do I want them to? Be, do I want a New Japan Pro Wrestling Women's Division? No, not particularly. I don't. I want stardom to be successful, right? And that's how you do that. Nuclear Potato on the Discord says: So now that Bushiroad has acquired stardom, when can we anticipate the spin-off monthly stardom podcast? And Rika Tatsumi says, are you renaming to the Super Stardom J-Cast? I will say this, Damon. If they do put a stardom show on Wrestle Kingdom, I would love to get someone who is knowledgeable about yes. the scene onto the podcast to talk to us and prime us about that match or, or matches that are going to uh, be on that show. I absolutely would be 100% open to that because, it, truth be told, we're, we're not the experts. But here's the thing. Who knows? Two years from now, maybe we're like, God, oh, that match and this, and you know, we're talking about angles and talking about – who knows, right? That, that that could be a good thing. Um, I know for a fact there are a ton of people on our Discord who yes. are extremely knowledgeable about that scene. So I, I hate to say more podcasts, but I definitely think there's a, a gap in the market for um, – a podcast in that area. I do too. I 100% agree with that, number one. And number two, there's nothing wrong with finding new stuff that's cool. There ain't nothing wrong with that. And and learning from other people about that, I can, look, I'm all in on that. Do it. And and, and 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 the whole more podcast things, yeah, okay, great, another podcast. If it's good, people will listen, right? That I truly believe that. If people think it's good, the cream rises to the top and, and, and the shit falls by the wayside. And lastly, John, the host of Wrestling Omakase, says, Damon and Joel, please each pick a stardom wrestler who is actually you. Thank you. I, I 
can't. I don't know. I don't know a lot. But I, I, I mean, seriously. Who's the one that, that drinks a lot? The, <laughs> that, that's me. <laughs> that's me. Uh, I, I, and I, and I, I feel like such a boob because I don't watch a lot of it and because I just don't have time. But here's the thing. Put a gun to my head. Aside from main events, you know, it's not like I'm watching a lot of, you know, Big Japan recently. It's not like I'm watching a ton of Noah <laughs> recently. You'll be watching much of it soon if the rumors are to be believed. <laughs> right, you know, ain't that true. Uh, so, you know, in the past couple, because, again, I don't want to make excuses, but it's hard for me to catch shit now with, this is like busy season for me, so. Um, it is very difficult to squeeze stuff in, so I can only get, get the high-level stuff. Um, main events, I'll catch, but I, I can't sit and watch whole shows for for the most part. I don't really structure my day very well, I guess. But, um, yeah, I, like a stardom show from front to back, I, I it, it would have to be <laughs> months for me to um, to give you, like I've, I've watched it from front, front to back. So, uh, John, uh, you put me on a, in, in a spot. I can't fucking answer. Sorry, I couldn't give you a, a really solid good answer. It's uh, Sumire Natsu is the lady who I think is the the drinker. Okay. So that's Damon. That's me. That's me. Yep. Uh, me, uh, I don't know. Can I just say Hana Kimura because she's hot? She sure can. She's my. <laughs> I'm not saying that I'm hot. I just really like her. Um, okay, next Fantasticomania lineup. Yeah, so announced for <laughs> it's David's favorite thing. Uh, we have, <coughs> excuse me, uh, let's see who have we got here announced for that. So, this year's entrants are uh, Caristico, Negro Casas, Angel de Oro, Niebla Roja. Oh, I'm just gonna make a fool of myself pronouncing Come these on, really badly. Uh, the new Birdman Flyer, Titan, Soberano Jr., Odaz. Uh, Stuka Jr., Guerrero Maya Jr., Fuego, Ultimo Guerrero, Euphoria, mm. uh, Sanson El Cuatrero, uh-huh. Forestero, uh-huh. Uh, Barbaro Cavanario, my favorite, mm-hmm. I like the caveman, mm-hmm. uh, Okamura, mm-hmm. and Luciferno, Tiga, and Dolce Gardenia. Now, okay. what was interesting from this statement is no Volador Jr., no, no Volador Jr., huh? Okay. <laughs> You're going to be tuning out this year. <laughs> that's, that's the line design. No Volador, no Fantastico Mania for Damon. That's yep, that. I'm out. It's just, again, I, I understand you don't have to try and sell me. You don't have to You don't have to tweet us. You don't have to you just save, save your breath. Because it's just one of those things where it's just like they're on. And, and I say this with the full knowledge that that last night is pretty good. Right, overall, and for the past two tours, I I have remembered raving about it. Like right as I sit here, close to November, the furthest thing from my mind is Fantastic Mania. Like, uh, it's just I know they do it to have fun. I know it's it's a nice little tour for uh, the 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 guys they bring in. They make they make some decent coin with the exchange rate and am all I, that stuff. But, am I right in saying they do Mexican food at Caracuan as well? Do they? I think so. I heard that somewhere. If someone could confirm or deny that, that'd be great. <laughs> well, the, the, 
uh, uh, don't spoil the, the great chicken recipe. <laughs> it's already great. You can't, oh, yeah, I've heard that the chickens, chicken, what is it, chicken nuggets or chicken tenders or something at yeah. Crack, wouldn't it? Yeah. They're I've never great. had them. Um, they are good, but, but they're they're like they're not like the greatest thing you ever. But they're they're good for what you would get at an, an arena. Um, Eric is a weird eater, in the sense of, and it's weird because it's a lot of people from South Philly. It's a South Philly thing, where you would think you live in a neighborhood where you're pretty notorious for having just some of the best food in in our region when it comes to Italian food uh, and, 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 and even like a lot of cross-cultural foods. It's just a real melting pot of great places to eat. He is, he has the palate of a 12-year-old, right? Like chicken fingers and fucking like, so he loves these things. He will, he will buy two at a time and devour them. And then go crush some more. And then there's a little ice cream vending machine that he fucking loves. It's good. I, I, I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's the spices, Joel. I don't know if it's, I don't, I don't know, I don't know. But it's some of the, it just has this unique taste that um, when you got a little bit of a load on and you're watching some pro wrestling, it really is good. It, it really, it's, it's shockingly good. Highly recommend. I might start planning my packed lunch for the two Wrestle Kingdom shows. Because it was a bit of an afterthought at the time. And then when I came in, I was disappointed with the snacks that I brought. So I've got a good few months to sort that out. So I'm going to plan the ultimate lineup of treats to get me through these two shows. I'm telling you, that's the best. That's one of the best parts is that you can bring shit from outside in. You know what I mean? So you, if you, you there's, and again, that Lawson's gets crowded, but um, yeah, you bring. But here's the thing, David, right? When, I, when I'm in Japan, right, I need to have like two brilliant meals every day. Otherwise it's a waste. If I have one mediocre meal in my time in Japan, I get annoyed because I'm like, oh, I've missed the opportunity to eat some delicious Japanese food. So whilst I love doing the, the meetup that we did at TGI Fridays, there was a big part of me that was like, oh, I've yeah. wasted a meal here. <laughs> so if I can offset that by right. having a really delicious pat lunch with some okay. good quality stuff in there, then that's, you know, mitigated that somehow. All right, we'll, uh, we'll we'll do that. Let's go. Let's go all out. Let's bring. A, let's give let's, me suggestions, <laughs> listeners. Well, here's what we do: stuff that I can bring in the Tokyo Dome. Right. I say we have like we bring in a table and a white linen cloth. <laughs> we, <laughs> we, we have like a little banquet in our row. It'd be wonderful. We'll have all. It'd be like a little. Pot so lunch. make us a pat lunch. Yeah. <laughs> our listeners in Japan, make us a yeah. pat lunch. Oh my god! You know what? Yes, that would be so great if we could have a pack lunch. Yeah, we have like a little a little buffet outside, right? We'll set it up. We'll have we'll sample different foods. That might no, be a great I, I idea. Want, I want someone to bring, like give me a, like a, a wicker basket with a lovely <laughs> sort of blanket over it, right? With plates. treats and right. little snacks and meals to that I can take into the Tokyo Dome and oh. eat throughout this, and maybe like a little <laughs> instruction. So the first match, eat this. After the right. second match, eat this. <laughs> and just like a little tasting menu. Yeah, we want a tasting menu. Is what we want. That's that's what we want. And, but we could do it. But also we could have it outside, right? So everybody's around, right? And we maybe you know because we, we always wind up being by the stairs where the um, the uh, where they're selling all the gimmicks. Um, just hang out there. Set something up there. We have a, like a little spot. It'd be like a little potluck, a little buffet. A little. Oh, I was yeah. just gonna say a potluck. Yeah, wouldn't that be great? Everybody brings a little something. 
Ah, oh. yeah, but I, I also need something for in the show as well. Yeah, yeah. that's a long show, David. It is. It is. Although I will say this, the burgers in the dome are really fucking good. I had a burger. I'm not eating a burger on my Japan holiday. Table. Okay, but they're good. They're good. I know. All right, listen, I'm sorry. They're good. It's a good burger. I mean, because I was in a pinch because I didn't know what to eat. And it was, you know, I was half, you know, off my coconut. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you know, burger sounded fucking great at the time. It was good. All right, that's the plan. All right, we got it lined up. We're doing potluck. We're doing potluck. And that's what happens when we're forced to discuss Fantastica Mania. Uh, sticking with Wrestle Kingdom, we got a bit of news on that, which is that uh, Gino Gambino is going to be officially on commentary for Wrestle Kingdom 14. And we found out he's a big fan of Scampi. So I yeah. uploaded that photo of Scampi doing the Naito pose. And he was the first person who smashed that like button. So I already like Gino even more than I did before, which was quite a lot because I've been quite effusive in my praise for Gino. I think he does a really good job on commentary. I think that three-man booth with Kevin and Gino and Chris is really starting to come into its own. There's a really nice balance there with Kevin sort of steering the ship, doing the play-by-play. You've got Gino, who I think is very good at getting over the stories and um, also just talk, the little things like the sort of pain that a wrestler might be in in a particular hold or how you know an injured body part might be playing into their performance during a match. And also a lot of the comedy heel shtick with the Bullet Club stuff, which personally I enjoy. I, I don't find it uh, mars my enjoyment of the matches. And then Chris chipping in now and then with the historical context. So I think between the three of them, for me, I think that's a really good announcement booth. And um, obviously we're not going to be hearing it live for Wrestle Kingdom, but I think it's good that um, that's nailed on for the Dome. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, I, I like what that we got, you know, I, I and like the heel stuff from Gino doesn't get over the top. Because uh, because sometimes that can get a little annoying when you have that quote heel announcer. I think I think that I think it's a well oiled machine they have. I li- I like what they got. Gino, it's funny because um, I re- remember being in a, in in that Fridays uh, before some show. I don't even know what show it was, but we were at the bar and uh, we saw him walking by. And Eric was telling me about uh, how he was in his uh, you know the his real hero archive group, you know, Facebook group that was pretty wrestling classics. Um, I believe it was what it was called. And he was in it. He's like, oh yeah, that guy's in, in in our group, blah, blah, blah. And I never met him before. And we were going to go run out and meet him, but we were at the bar. We couldn't run out of Fridays because um, we looked like we would be dodging our check. So um, I never met him, but um, he seems like a good guy, right? Seems like a real good guy. So good, good. Listen, I, I love it when, I love it when, when, when we have uh, acknowledgement, from uh, people in New Japan. Boy, do we ever get... I was sending you some text messages over the weekend. <laughs> uh, they were pretty great. Um, it's good that we get we have uh, uh, many listeners over there uh, who, again, when those flights happen they're, and, and they're on the bus and they're trying to kill some time, the first thing they go to is the Super J-Cast. So that's always good. I'm glad we can entertain the boys with a Z. Now, that said, Damon, lest we be accused of favoritism and being co-opted, Daryl Sultan on Twitter says, I love Kevin Kelly and Don Callis together. Maybe the greatest commentary team since Vince and Jesse, and I'm hoping they're both there for Wrestle Kingdom. No disrespect to Chris or Rocky or Gino or Mavs, but I can't be the only one who feels this way, can I? Um, So 
what are your thoughts on the Kevin Kelly and Don Callis partnership? Because it seems that that's done. I don't think we're going to be hearing that one again. Yeah, no. Um, yeah, I, don't, I, I think that's that's done. And 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 I think Gino and and the reasons of of him getting at least a tryout and 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 making the most of that is largely due to that fact. Is that you know they they needed a new a new color guy and. Yeah, I don't. I, I wouldn't. If if that's if, if you're a fan of that booth, you might be disappointed a little bit um, because I don't think that that's going to be. You're going to be hearing that anytime soon. And again, I know what Callis has uh, obligations with Impact, and they're and they're trying to grow. And you know, as we open the show, let's be truthful here. We're in that pile. That's that's the pile that this New Japan Pro Wrestling U.S. expansion is. That that those are the people we have to get by first, right? And clearly, you know, be the take the market share from that audience um, to be able to grow. So, yeah, it's going to be a hard thing to do. Okay, next. Uh, oh, toys! What? I don't know. Are you a collection of action figures and toys, Damon? Um, yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I don't. Uh, yeah, yeah. To answer your question, yes, but I'm not like one of those people that like have every WWE thing stapled to their wall. Um, I, I collect a few. I mean, mostly Liger stuff. So if, if it's if it's a Liger figure, I'm, I'm pretty much going to go out of my way to get it. Um, aside from that, I have a couple. Like I have like a Kawada Misawa. If it's cool, I'll get it. Yeah, I, I got I got no, I, I got no problem with the figures. I, I collect them. Well, I don't know if you're familiar with the company Super Seven because they make. The, the figures and they announced that they're going to be making new Japan figures. So Ian, uh, young Damon on the discord says, have you seen the super seven Jushin Thunder Liger figure? And uh, do you, or did you guys ever collect figures? Yeah, I have seen it. I am going to get it. Um, it, it will be in my possession. Um, yeah. Like I said, at my desk, uh, at my main desk in my office is um, I have like this little glass thing that has Several lag, lager figures, different variations. Um, yeah, like I said, if it, like I said, I'm not I'm not going to go out and buy every single. Like I'm not like one of those maniacs that waits for you know Toys R Us to open to go grab my variant you know Asuka figure. Um, but uh, if I like it, I'll get it. Like I like I have a Nakamura one. Like when the first one came out, the WWE one, I I, I did pick that up. Um, so it's not all of them. Like I have the four horsemen set that the WWE put out. So it's not, like I said, I'm not grabbing everything, but if it's cool, if it, if it checks the nostalgia box, um, if it's Liger related, if, um, you know, if it's cool, Totacon, when I go, I'll usually pick up something. So yeah, uh, I guess I wouldn't say I'm a hardcore collector, but you know, if, so, if something's cool, I'll pick it up. Definitely. I used to have some WWE action figures when I was younger, and I would like to have maybe a few little New Japan ones, you know, something I could put on my desk or something at school. So I'll be on the lookout for that. Yeah, if it's uh, if it looks good, I'll definitely be interested. Yeah. Uh, other news: showdown in San Jose to see Jushin Thunder Liger's final US match, and some other names that have been announced. We also have Ishii, we got Toriyano, we got Taiji Ishimori, who have been. Uh, confirmed for those shows on November 9th and November 11th. So, uh, Damon, are you going to be making the trip to see Liger's final stateside appearance? Oh. Liger farewell tour? So, 
No, I I can't. I mean, there was what. So during the weekend, I was was kind of just looking at oh, how much would it cost if I were to do this. Uh, as of right now, no, I will not be going out there. Um, just too expensive. I gotta I gotta worry about Japan. I gotta worry about all that and save for that and. The airlines fucking us over constantly, moving flights around and all that shit, which is causing me great, great anxiety. Um, but no, um, as of right now, no. But let's put it this way: there, 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 ha- there has been thoughts. We'll see if it grows any. But luckily, it'll be. It's only like a couple weeks, so um, yeah. I, 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 I'm gonna. I'm going to say it's a 90 no unless a fairy godmother comes by and gets me a plane ticket and a hotel. <laughs> There's there ain't, that, that it ain't happen. Uh, yeah, another very short piece of news here was Aussie Open wrestler Mark Davis had picked up a, an injury. I can't remember what it is off the top of my head. I think he might have done his cruise shirt. So there was a lot of talk, especially following their uh appearance at royal quest challenging gorillas of destiny that they would be likely to appear in the world tag league but with davis being injured uh unfortunately that looks like it's going to be impossible so uh unfortunate there for mark davis and yeah i don't know if, if uh, fletcher will be in there as well if we'll find another partner but uh yeah very bad yeah that's, that sucks that uh, that that's actually pretty depressing um because you really had them figured on on that and that's a that's a a usual spot where people will start to make some debuts and just to get people used to seeing them around and uh, and then you know eventual challenges and such. So I've looked yeah. at a torn ACL and ruptured MCL. Oof, that's not good. That, that's honestly that's that's a year, right? I mean, I know pro wrestlers love to come back earlier from their injuries. That's a year. That's that's if, if, if surgery is involved. That's a year. I mean, that was a, that's a that's a Carson Wentz for those football fans. You know, that's uh, both of them, MCL and ACL. Oof. Yeah, that sucks. You know, I mean, hopefully a speedy recovery, but those things usually that's that's a year on the shelf. That sucks. The other thing that popped up that I thought was quite interesting was an interview on the New Japan website with El Desperado and Yoshinobu Kanemaru. I read it and. It's interesting, wasn't it? Some stuff that made me raise my eyebrows. They were talking about the El Fantasma and Taiji Ishimori versus Birds of Prey match, and El Desperado says a lot of jumping around. <laughs> and and then he, he says, uh, on the one hand, I want to say, yeah, it was cool, awesome, spectacular, good job, clap, clap, clap. But on the other hand, I thought you don't have to flip all over the place to win a match. But you know what sucked? Komatsu and Tanaka's match with Phantasma and Ishimori in Karakuen. It was like they were wrestling two singles matches in one, not a tag match at all. So I like this statement. It's like uh, the the old days of the junior tag division being guys sort of quasi-shooting on each other with their snidey little comments. Yeah. I wonder, I, I mean, obviously it's a, it's a pro wrestling interview, but even even then I'm sure that guys don't necessarily like to hear that kind of criticism. Right. Um, I know people love to to I don't know speculate or romanticize what a pro wrestling locker room is like. This fucking kumbaya, everybody's you know rowing in the same direction kind of thing. And there are, are locker rooms that Apart can from be Suzuki. Like he's just going around telling everyone that he's leaving. <laughs> right, 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 right. He 
he's very very forthcoming with his uh, his plans. Um, it's it's really not that it's it's it in my experience, and again, this is years ago, mind you, but and in even in everything that I talk to people about. It's pockets, you know. It's like uh, you know, there's still individuals, and there's still in, I want to say individual contractors to a certain degree. Their job is to make as much money as they can in the short amount of time that they can. So they're trying everything in their power to get themselves over, so that they can be put in more prominent positions and they can take those spots that we talk about that not many people get. I mean, at the end of the day, that's what they have to be. Um, so when somebody goes out on an interview and, you know, throws the shade, if you will, you know, they got to be, uh, I don't know, sometimes it might light a fire under people. But it's not like this whole, you know, there's separate packets and there's separate people and, and it's not like this whole synergy in a locker room. You know, it, it, it is to a certain degree of, oh, you're working with these guys tonight. Okay, cool. Um, or in some cases, ugh. Oh, we got these guys tonight, right? Um, so there is that element, and and I I kind of do, like you said, I kind of like that fact of, I don't want to say pulling back the curtain a little bit, but you know, just kind of just seeing what's in their minds of, uh, okay, I didn't really like this match, or I like this, or these guys I don't really like getting in the ring with, and these guys I prefer. I kind of like that idea. The other quote that I thought was funny was uh, the interviewer asked what El Desperado's thoughts were on El Fantasma. Uh, Despi goes, my thoughts? Why does that guy always look so tired? <laughs> uh, jet lag, I would think. Right? That would probably be a, a huge factor in it. Again, I say it all the time. I don't know how the fuck these guys do it. Well, unfortunately, with the travel, you know, you heard the horror stories of well, take something to stay up, take something to go to bed. And I don't know how prevalent it is in the in in this world's pro wrestling but and it's it's just wow i i, I really feel like you got to be able to to either go without sleep or you got to be able to be a person who could sleep in transport because because i don't know how you would survive otherwise and again i get off a plane and i'm like oh i'm dead but i don't got to get in a ring <laughs> you know and work a 20 minute match god bless them they they are they are one one tough group one tough crew so you might remember El Fantasmo was the winner of last year's Rev Pro British J Cup, and they've announced the lineup for the J Cup this year. We have Robbie Eagles, Amazing Red, El Fantasmo, Barbaro Cavanario, Michael Oku, Rocky Romero, Senza Volta, and Pack. That's an exciting lineup to me, Damon. That's not bad. I mean, w- when you consider the the climate of pro wrestling right now, where it's Sign, 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 sign. Everybody locking down. Get them. We need them on. You know, there's not a lot out there that that can take those bookings. And for Rev Pros, to Rev Pros' credit, you know, to consistently have an interesting lineup like that. Um, yeah, good job. I mean, on paper anyway. Now, now they got to find a way to book themselves out of this mess. <laughs> right? Who's who's losing the who is going to be another story altogether. Uh, but uh, at least on paper, they're bringing in interesting names and and the, and, and they're and they're trying to make it work. Um, good for them. I like it. Who do you think is the favorite? Who's jumping off the page to you from that list of eight? You think in the past years that well, they went with Liger, they and then El Fantasma, right? Um, 
What do you think about Robbie Eagles? I was thinking that as well. I think Eagles would be a good shout. Um, I've hearing good things about Oku, so maybe he might be someone someone homegrown they want to go with. Uh, but then I also thought Pack, who just never loses in these kind of matches. So no, uh, either he wins the whole thing, or there's going to be some sort of schmoz finish that right. ends up with him not progressing. Correct me if I'm wrong, but there was already uh, some f- pushback because of, of s- similar situations like that, where you know they've got matches booked where they can't book them way the, any way out of it, so it's got to be some fucking schmazola finish, right? Um, I would not be surprised if that is the case in that. Uh, but we'll see. Hey, maybe he wins the whole thing. Who knows? But, um, yeah, of, 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 again, it's not like it's the Dragon Gate situation here, but um, you figure some guys might need to have a little bit of protection around them uh, in a tournament like this. Are you surprised that Osprey's not in there? Uh, what's the date of the of the tournament? Uh, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> Let me have a look. Red take Pro a look. Pro British J Cup. Here we go. Uh, this is November twenty fourth at York Hall. All right. Trying to think what's happening in in the world that would conflict with that. Um. I guess on the surface a little bit, just because he's the he's the guy that wants to sign up for everything and be in everything. Um, ah, okay. So there there is a World Tag League show on that day in ah, IG. So does this mean go. that he's going to be in the World Tag League as well? Where would you rather see him? Uh, I I really like Will Ospreay. He's, he's good. He's definitely in the running for the rest of the year. But yep. I think I've seen enough Will Ospreay for 2019, <laughs> if I'm honest. Right. So, all right. So, do you want him hidden in World Tag League, or do you want him in a big, high-profile British Jacob? Mm. World Tag League, actually. Yeah. Because then, if he, he's making some tag matches that otherwise might be hand waveable, just maybe a little bit more interesting. But if I'm sitting down to watch the British Jacob, uh-huh. you know, maybe I don't need another three <laughs> twenty-five minute Will Ospreay main event epics i like those i I, again i'm a glutton i I, you can give you can you can spoon feed me them and i'll i'll ask for more um all right so again we can speculate and think that will would be in uh, world tag league during that time so okay all right again give me a partner that's why that was going to be my question because robbie's sitting there over there uh flippy doing over there the british jacob um Who's going to be the partner? Who? Well, you figure a chaos member, right? Are we still doing chaos? Or Tanahashi? Oh, who's doing? Who's taking the falls on, the, on that on that team? Yeah, good point. Yoshihashi. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, I mean, you figure if if it's chaos, right? You figure. Yoshihashi's got it is is the is the pin eater on that team. I'm not saying it's going to be Will and Yoshihashi. Could very well be like you know Ishii and Yoshihashi. Um, I don't know. Again, that doesn't necessarily even mean that he's in one hundred percent. But um, maybe it's quite shocking. Maybe he's going to have a rest during that time. Oh, oh, I mean, Joel, please, outlandish. You and your you and your crazy hot takes. 
he should go. <laughs> yeah, I'll take off my tinfoil hat. Uh, all right, let's talk about the Super Junior Tag League then. And let's check my notes here. Titan's dick. What? Have what you seen you... this? Titan's dick? Yeah. We're talking about this is his tweet penis. From... His penis, yeah. Uh-huh. His, his willy. Uh-huh. No, you're not up to date with the... <laughs> Okay, let me let me send you the tweet. I thought you might have seen this, I, but I realised me just saying T-Town's dick might have caught you off guard a little, a little bit. bit. All right. uh, okay. <laughs> just, now I've got to scroll through Will Ospreay's Twitter. And uh, okay. <laughs> what? <laughs> like that, this is not good. All right, we're talking about T-Town. Okay. The rest. Yeah, I found it. I found it. I found All right. it. All right, send that. Okay. To me, please. So check your WhatsApp. All right. Uh, Can't wait for this to come through space. All right. Here we are. Uh, it's a stick. That's it's pronounced. He's yeah. So it's uh again. What we're looking at is a, a torso shot, and this is Teton. Uh, and it's the shot is the outline of and he's in just, his, just for context, right? If you go click on the original tweet, uh-huh. the guy at Smart Casual at Global Force Gold. So you go to that tweet okay. and. The original one, right from so Osprey, that the the baby faces assemble one. Gotcha. Right. So it's uh, uh, posed. It's Osprey. It's uh, Hanare. I see there. Uh, who else we got there? Uh, Tanahashi and Show and Holman. They're all flexing. They're all giving a nice little flex shot. Right, showing off their muscles, and then. Uh, Teton is on his knees, and he's given the bicep curl and showing off those guns. And his dick is pronounced. <laughs> there is a outline of a, of a big hog in there, a big, thick, juicy, delicious hog. <laughs> and then I feel we should have opened the show with this. This is right. like absolute prime Super Jacobs opening five minutes content. Right, and then. Uh, this uh, smart casual again at Global Force Gold uh, noticed it as well and has uh, highlighted and zoomed in on said big, thick, meaty, delicious hog, and it is yeah, it's it's pronounced, it's there, it's definitely front and center. So uh, what? So what about what about this dick? Uh, Teton's dick. What? what, what, what <laughs> I was just looking at the comments. Did you see Dragon Lee's comment? No, no, we go back. Uh, Dragon Lee, so hot. Will <laughs> Dragon Lee is he allowed to? Is he allowed to comment on photos of CMLL wrestlers' penises? That's a good point. That might get him. In, that might get him into even further trouble. Um, yeah, baby face, penis jokes. Uh, all right, everything's. Somebody has a straight guy. I looked at this way too long. Um. <laughs> I think we've talked about this for too long. But yeah, okay. So aside from T-Town's penis, um, uh-huh. let's talk about attendance for the Super Junior Tag League. So with 1,384 for the first night Krakowin and 1,209 for the second night, New Japan drew their lowest Krakowin Hall numbers of 2019. The last time they drew fewer fans there than these days was on April the 12th, 2016, which wasn't a proper show. It was a company briefing special match. So if you're looking at reasons, those cards, there was no Tanahashi, no Okada, no Ibushi. It was on a weekday. Very little promotion due to being very close to King of Pro Wrestling. Lots of excuses, but is it just me, Damon, or are those kind of numbers at Kraken just 
they're not good, whatever way you try and spin it. Yeah, it's. I mean, it. I mean, I don't. I'm not expecting th- those type of numbers to continue throughout the year, right? And then, you know, I don't, I don't think this is something to be alarmed with and be concerned with, and use that as a basis or a barometer of the success of New Japan Pro Wrestling in the calendar year 2019. That being said, um, yeah, they're shit numbers, right? They're shit numbers. And from what I understand, it wasn't even the orange seats that were sold, or excuse me, that were empty. There were a few pockets, but by and large, those orange seats were were good. It was the, the ringside and, the, and those bleacher seats. The camera was saying... Um, and correct me if I'm wrong, Joel, but those are fan club usual purchases. So um, I don't even know if those tickets weren't – I like it, it, feel, it felt to me like it wasn't a matter of those tickets not being sold. It was a matter of those p- tickets just not being used. Does that make any sense? It's kind of like a preseason football game where you paid for the tickets, but there ain't no fucking way I'm sitting through this yeah. shit. Right? Happens at Arsenal all the time. So they've already bought the tickets, part of their season ticket, and they just – don't bother turning up. They do have a thing called ticket exchange where people can say, I'm not going to go to this match. Does anyone want the ticket? But uh, you think similar thing at play here? Possibly. Um, again, from what I understand, the orange seats were not a factor. It was these seats that were fan club seats. Now, again, I don't know if they've got to buy these in advance and all the, all the, the, the but it felt like these seats were, were already bought. Um, and I could be dead wrong, but I'll get verification of that and clarification of that. But, um, it felt like, yeah, this was a preseason game. And truth be told, coming off of King of Pro Wrestling, uh, what two days later, now we're now we're kind of hopping onto a show that, let's be truthful, traditionally and historically hasn't really been a world beater, right? Uh, when it comes to attendance and 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 interest. And look, let's be truthful. It's not like we had a ton of buzz in our Discord, if if we want to use that as a barometer of of what. New Japan fandom is talking about. I have seen very little when it comes to, and again, I'm not Mr. Social Media, mind you, but every once in a while, if I'll pop on, and I'm not seeing a ton of shit about it. I'm not seeing the usual people with the gifts and, uh, you know, people hyping up matches, and it's it's low on, on people's radar right now. Um, and it will pick up. I guarantee, you know, I'm not worried about that. I'm not worried about But opening night, Middle of the week, coming off of King of Pro Wrestling. And truth be told, let's let's be honest here too. People were like, eh, what about the typhoon? Well, the ty- you know, again, the typhoon's long gone. The cleanup isn't, right? So you're going to King of Pro Wrestling, and you're all right, all right, let me get my mind off of this fucking shit. Whatever, you know, I'm not saying everybody's house was destroyed, but I'm sure people still have got shit to do and responsibilities for it. All right, you're going to go to King of Pro Wrestling. Okay, oh, there's another one. Oh, what's the, the main event? Oh, it's that, uh, you know what? Maybe we should mop the floors. <laughs> right? <laughs> right? Um, you know, maybe we should take out some boxes. Um, so, again, all these things play a factor. But at the end of the day, if, if it were sexy and if it were something people were interested in, people would go. And that's really truthfully the bottom line. So we can throw all the excuses in the world. At the end of the day, if it was something people wanted to see, People would see it. 
Michael on the Discord says, uh, asks the attendance of the Super Junior Tag League is noticeably poor. For New Japan Karakuen shows, what can we attribute to this? No LIJ contingent in the cup or TJP being an anti draw? It's got nothing to do with TJP, but I think he might be onto something with not having LIJ contingent in the cup because I'm not saying that Bushi is a, uh, a huge draw or anything, but I think last year there was the added buzz because it was coming after the debut of Shingo. So he debuted at King of Pro Wrestling and then there was the added attraction of, okay, you go to the Super Junior Tag League and you're going to see uh, Shingo wrestling, you know, full tag matches against you know people like Rapongi 3K or Desperado Kanemaru. So uh, Shingo not being there and, you know, not having that novelty, I think is um, definitely playing a part to this. But uh, let's talk about the Super Junior Tag League itself. I, I've got my... My thoughts here, Damon. Do you, do you want to go first for this one? Tell me what your overarching thoughts are. Because, you know, I'm not going to go match by match here, but you want to just tell me what your impressions are. Anyone that stood out to you? Anyone impressed you or disappointed you? I, I like what I see, right? And, and look, I, I kind of feel the same way in the sense of I got to look. There are, there are different levels of, of me and my excitement going into knowing full well that, okay, I got to watch some of the shit. I got to watch these shows. And that could be a road to destruction. That could be a, you know, uh, a road to Dantaku. That could be G1 finals. Uh, and that could be King of Pro Wrestling, right? So obviously there's different levels and different levels of excitement going in. I had to be reminded that the cork and shows were were taking place, right? So for me, it was oh okay, I gotta I gotta get in on this, I gotta watch these. Nothing was terrible, nothing was was awful, nothing was bad, nothing was uh, something where I would be passionately spewing venom into my microphone. But I kind of feel the same way that. Everyone across the board feels good. Nothing that you have to go out of your way to 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 catch. The usual suspects that you would think are good have been good. Kanemaru, Desperado, Will, Robbie Eagles. But nothing's blowing you out of the water, especially nights one and two of a junior tag tournament. As it gets further, yeah, sure. But I hate to be as dry and as vanilla toast on a take, but it's like, okay, I feel like I'm watching shows, Joel, to watch shows to say that, okay, we got through it. Let's move on to the next. And I don't know if that is the greatest way to go into a show, but I didn't really feel like even after the show, I uh, know what I said. That was a show. <laughs> right, that's exactly what that was a show. And to me, unfortunately, the crowd or lack thereof was more of a thing that I was more focused on than necessarily the show itself. Yeah, I tend to agree. I mean, this is always a bit of a slow period in the New Japan calendar, but uh, the work has been good. The matches have been decent, I think. So if it's something you just you know going to stick on in the background while you're cleaning up the kitchen or whatever you, you could do worse than these matches um i just some thoughts that i had this tournament is making me more of a fan of yuya uemura who's impressed me so far in his opening match i thought he had some really good interactions with titan there this moment where they were screaming at each other having this chop exchange 
Uh, I don't know if T-Town's penis was fueling that rage in Uemura if he just caught a little glimpse at it and was just like, ah, and just was engulfed by jealousy. Uh, but the crowds are really into Uemura, so I think they've got something on their hands there. I could see him being a big star in the future. And I've just been impressed with T-Town as well, who I think is a really good wrestler. I think he's a big upgrade on Soberano Jr., who struggled with, with this tour last year. And Volador's outfits are <laughs> a bit weird. Like like, he was wearing <laughs> black trunks and a skin-tight gold long-sleeve top. So I was looking at it, I was like, oh, okay, that's that's a choice. Um, bold, I'll give him that. Uh, and definitely different, but I'm not sure I like it. And Taguchi Rocky, I'm enjoying the chemistry between them. There have been some fun moments there. Like uh, there was a moment where they were both locked in submission holds and then Taguchi started drawing out a play on the mat for them to both escape. I thought that was pretty funny. And Despi and Kanemaru against Sho and Yo was really good. I liked uh, El Desperado trying to smother Sho with his own teddy bear. And they told a really good story in that match. Um, they were going after Sho's back. And then the match ended in a submission with them working over Sho's back. So that's, again, I keep banging on about this, but the only time I want to see a body part being worked over, it's got to play into the finish like that. And I thought they did it really well there. And then the next night, Sho was wearing the tape on his back uh, to sell the extent of his injury. So again, I like the continuity in that. And speaking of that, El Fantasmo was also taped up. His neck was all taped up to sell the effects of the devastating hidden blades that he, he ate from Will Ospreay at King of Pro Wrestling. And... Again, I thought it was a pretty fun match that he had uh, with the Birds of Prey against El Fantasma and Ishimori. And I said before, but I do enjoy El Fantasma a lot more in tag matches where you're just getting little bite-sized chunks of El Fantasma rather than, you know, full 25-minute main event star match. Like, there was a moment that I thought was really cool when he was doing the rope walk uh, and he had Will Ospreay's arm twisted and he's doing the rope walk and then Robbie Eagles came to try and uh, lariat El Fantasma's legs from under him, but he bounced up and jumped up from doing the rope walk and Robbie Eagles went tumbling over and then El Fantasma landed back on the ropes and I thought that was really cool. I thought that was playing into El Fantasma's strengths of him being, you know, a flashy, a showman. I thought that was good stuff there. And a little moment that amused me here, which uh, was El Fantasma doing the bit where the opponent's hung up on the, the top rope and he's stepping on their crotch and then... Someone said, to, I can't remember what happened exactly, but Gino Gambino says, oh, here's uh, El Fantasma working the lower abdomen there. And then Chris Charlton goes, lower abdomen. And then Gino <laughs> says, I'm not a doctor. And I thought that was funny. I think that's the, the kind of stuff that you wouldn't have got that, I think, if it was Chris with um, Don Callis, because I think Don Callis may be... Chimney. The impression I got was quite, yeah, he's intimidating. So maybe yeah. Chris is not able to sort of bounce off him and have that sort of... Uh, comedic chemistry with him but I thought it worked really well here and there's just lots of little moments like that which you know made me chuckle and definitely enhanced my enjoyment of it uh, I would like a, an amnesty on the hot tag partner getting yanked off the apron you know where they're waiting oh, for the hot tag they're about yeah. to tag in and then this seems to happen in every tag match now I blame the revival for that because they started it they were doing it in every single match they had in NXT crowd really love Robbie Eagles he seems like a huge star with the crackle and crowd and the Eagles and Ishimori sequences in particular in this match I thought were terrific. And that was a singles match that I didn't know I wanted, but now I really want to see Robbie Eagles against Taiji Ishimori. 
And again, we had El Fantasma going for the one-winged angel. Not sure why he was doing that. Uh, and if you're doing that in a huge match at Sumo Hall against Will Ospreay for the junior, ta- uh, uh, the, the junior title, then okay, maybe you can accept that. But in right. the opening night of uh, Super Junior Tag League, no, it didn't do it for me. Uh, right. But that said, some really creative spots. And I just wanted to single out Robbie Eagles for praise. It's just, he really understands the way he structures matches. The little touches, like uh, earlier in the match, he went for his 450 and got caught by the knees. So then later on in the match, when Osprey went up for the shooting star press, Eagles came in to hold down El Fantasmo's legs so he couldn't get the knees up. Uh, there was another bit in the um, Rapongi 3K match where he did a 450 off the top rope and he saw Yo get his knees up. So Eagles landed on his feet and then went into the, uh, I think it was the Ron Miller special after that. So just the small little touches like that, that make matches unique. And you think, oh, that was really smart because it played into the story of the match. I think Robbie Eagles is really, really good at that. I think he's an intelligent wrestler and the way he lays out his matches with those little sort of punctuation spots throughout the match to sort of make everything tie together cohesively and make you feel like you're watching something unique, like a unique story being told rather than just, you know, oh, I'm going to go out there and do all my moves, do all my big spots. Yeah. Uh, the desperado Kanemaru match against El Fantasmo Taiji Shimori was quite fine. They're just, you know, two heel teams trying to out shithouse each other. And then we had Birds of Prey against um, Rapongi 3K. And I thought the show Osprey bits were very, very good there. So again, that's a singles match that, we saw during the Super J Cup, I think it was the semi-final, which is very, very good. So I think they, those two have got really good chemistry. And so Yo and Robbie Eagles, they were together in the same block in the best of the Super Juniors. And again, I thought they did had some really cool stuff here, particularly the finish where they were exchanging uh, holds and near holds and countering each other's uh, pinfall attempts. And then Yo won with a, the clutch finish, which is really good. Because I love to see when those like back and forth roll-ups and clutches and cradles actually end up with the finish of the match because it needs to happen now and then for you to be able to take it seriously rather than thinking oh it's just you know filling time until they start hitting each other with their finishing moves and from the recent show that was uploaded they just uploaded the two tag league shows uh the tag league matches the opening of titan and volador against birds of prey was really good so it's as you would expect from two lucha guys and two high-flying guys like Eagles and Osprey. Just the opening five minutes of that were a lot of fun. So definitely, if you were going to skip that, because it's just video on demand, you're not getting commentary, I would say definitely to go and check out that match because very hot opening and it doesn't go too long. It's just a, a really fun, high-paced, high-flying match. I'm going to do this. So let's go through these. I'm not going to ask you for a letter grade, but I'll set the letter grade. You just tell me if it's if you feel like so far, and it's early from what you've been able to catch over or above so i'll set the letter grade out of the gate you tell me if they they've their performance so far has beaten that or it's fallen short all right um let's do tiger mask and uh Urema. um i'm gonna set it at a c have they been below average or above average Uh, I would give a C plus, like just above that. I think the Uemura parts have been a lot more uh, interesting to me than Tiger Mask. I mean, you know what you're going to get with Tiger Mask. So I'm just watching that team for Uemura and seeing him against fresh opponents just to see what he can do. So I think he is doing well so far. Considering oh, Scampi's come to join us. Hi. (laughs) Wow. Considering uh, Uemura is just there to take the pinfalls and 
he can only do and show so much in these matches. I think he's doing a good job. So I'd just say, yeah, slightly above that. Maybe C plus, B minus for Uemura. Okay. Taguchi Romero, I'll set at a B minus. Yeah, on par, I would say that. Okay. A B minus for me. Okay. Uh, Will Ospreay, Robbie Eagles, I'll uh, set the bar at B plus. I think it's been above that. I would give it a an A minus, and maybe oh. the minus just because I've seen a lot of Will Ospreay this year, and maybe I've just I want a break. I want to see something different. But Robbie Eagle, the, the matches are really good. I, what can I say? It's high paced. It's creative. They're doing some really cool uh, combination tag team moves together. It, it's good, and the tag league would be worse off without them. Well, so yeah, yeah A minus. Okay, Yo. I'll set them at an A minus. Higher than that or lower than that? Mm, maybe a tad lower. Okay. It's all been good, but I haven't seen anything blow away. There hasn't been anything where I've seen them and I thought, oh, wow, they really impressed me with that one. Right. I agree. Uh, Volador, Teton, I'll set it at an even B. I think they've been good. Yeah. I might... B's probably about right. B plus? They, B plus? I, I was expecting it to be lower than that. And yeah. the matches that I've watched them in, I've really enjoyed. A lot more than last year's team, which was... Was that Volador and Soberano <laughs> Jr.? Yeah. Am I remembering that correctly? <laughs> I guess. Sure. Yes. Absolutely. Uh, are you giving them an extra uh, point for penis? Yes or no? Yeah, definitely. All right. Uh, Titan's hog, he just he gets bumped up gets half a grade. It sure does. Uh, TJP Clark Connors. I'm going to set it at a B. Tad below. I Tad below. would like to see more from TJP. I mean, Clark Connors is very green, so I'm not expecting a great deal from him. But uh, I've seen better stuff from TJP in New Japan over the last couple of months. So I think... Still expecting more from him. Okay, more to grow. Excellent. Uh, Ishimori Phantasmo, I'll set that at B+. Yeah, B+, is right. Um, <coughs> I am um, self-confessed, you know, not the biggest fan of El Phantasmo, but I think he... I think him in, in a tag team is a really good use of him, and I think plays to his strengths, but being in a tag team does not play to Ishimori's strengths. I think Ishimori is a fantastic wrestler and i would love to see him in more high profile single stuff so it's it's like he is lifting el fantasma up but el fantasma is kind of dragging him down gotcha el desperado canamaro i'll set the bar at b plus yeah b plus is right i'm just very happy to see desperado back and it's been a while since we've seen anything from canamaro i mean when was the last time we saw big Kanemaru matches I guess best of the Super Juniors so I really like this tag team they're one of my favourite tag teams last year I love their heel shenanigans but they do it in sort of like a, a grimy gritty way that it doesn't make me roll my eyes the way that a lot of the Bullet Club stuff does so yeah I would say that's on par okay so so far of what you have seen Junior Tag League I'm going to set the bar at a B has it been better than a B or lower than a B? 
I would say it's about a B. If if I was forced to, I'd say maybe slightly better than that. Maybe a B plus. Okay. Because you've got uh, 16 really good wrestlers in there. A lot of young up-and-coming talent as well. And high-paced matches. I, I like tag team wrestling. I'm a big fan of it. And here it's good that they get a light shone on it and able to go out there and have time. Whereas other tag matches on big shows, it's like, okay, lads, you've got seven minutes. Get in and get out. And right. you don't really see it at its best. Well, all right. Now I'm gonna now I'm gonna be pessimistic, Damon. Is there a reason why that that's the case? As as shown with the poor turnout at Pro Wrestling's hotbed, Corkin Hall. Is there a reason for that, Joel Abraham? Yeah, because the tag divisions are booked like shit. That's why. <laughs> There's no problem with the roster. Right. There it's are enough the wrestlers to book a really compelling junior tag division and heavyweight tag division. If it was up to me, I'd just have one tag division. But in spite of that, it's not the problem with the roster. Right. You know, you look at AEW and the talent they have at their disposal in their tag team roster is not as good as the talent at the disposal for the, the tag team roster in New Japan. No. But they're just booking it better. Yep. And they're making it look like it matters. Yep. Having a big high profile tournament where there are big storylines involved and it looks like it matters and they're given time to shine and it's an ongoing thing. There's continuity. It's a long-term thing and it just feels fresh and exciting. And it, yeah, it's just a booking that we're just repeating ourselves. We always say this, but yeah, no, I agree. When, when the, the impression we get from the bookers is that the tag division doesn't matter, then that rubs off on us. Right. And, and of, of, any fan base that takes that to heart, it's a New Japan Pro Wrestling fan base, right? If you tell me throughout the entire year that these people are pin eaters, then you give me a tournament of pin eaters with, you know, sprinkled in, you know, the stars of, you know, it's kind of hard, right? So, all right, I, look, I agree. All it's, it's not the talent. It's, it's it's how bright of a light they shine on them throughout the year that makes it kind of feel like okay you know and you're right in just a few short weeks you you got talent that I would agree 100% that the talent in in uh, the junior tag tournament blows away a lot of the talent uh, that we're seeing here at uh, AEW but yeah it does feel like they're th- those tag belts seem a little bit more relevant don't they all right there you go good point by you. Although I, I would, to, to be fair, I think the Birds of Prey, El Fantasma, Ishimori stuff has been built up well. And I don't know if that's down to the booking or down to the four wrestlers themselves making it look like it matters, but they've built up long-term storylines. The Osprey, Eagles, El Fantasmo stuff, that little love triangle has been, you know, chugging away throughout the year and throwing Ishimori into the mix. And, you know, you throw Rapongi 3K, El Desperado coming back, I think it's more interesting than it has been in recent months. The fact that there are four teams in this tag league who you think conceivably in with a shout of winning the thing makes it interesting. So I don't want to completely dismiss the whole thing because there are some positives. Absolutely. And again, a, a, a B is nothing to, to, to hand wave, right? That's a good grade. And again, it's early and it's only going to get better. I just think that it's, I don't know. There, there is something to be said about. Uh, I want. I don't know if burnout is the right word, but 
Um, and look, I I think uh, again, just going by you tell you're you're a better judge of this than me. Online, is there any buzz for this? No. Okay. No, in not. our in our Discord, is there a lot of buzz? No, it's the the usual people, the hardcores who are going to watch anything that's going out live on New Japan Worlds. They're there, right? But it's a fraction of the number of people that would be you know watching a, a G one show. Let's right. say. Absolutely. Okay, and that's fair enough. And again, I think better things are to come, but um, it's hard to get super excited so far. But it, well, we'll see. It'll pick up. What I want, Damon, you go back to Wrestle Kingdom twelve, and you had two really excellent tag matches there. So you had the opening match with Rapongi 3K against the Young Bucks, which was brilliant. They got 15, 20 minutes to work. It was exciting. It was fresh. And then later on in the show, you had Evil and Sonata against Killer Elite Squad, which again was a fresh matchup. It was exciting. It was fast. And it felt like it mattered. So all I want for this Wrestle Kingdom is a heavyweight tag title match and a junior tag title match with a fresh pairing, just two on two for both matches where they've got enough time to work. And to me, it's the things like that that elevate a good Wrestle Kingdom into a great Wrestle Kingdom. Because you know, you're know you always going to get a brilliant main event. You're always going to get those the secondary titles, you know, having a banger in the semi-main event. But I just I was really disappointed from last year's Wrestle Kingdom that the tag matches were multi-man stuff and just felt like a, an afterthought, that they were just rushing through it. Whereas it set the bar so high for Wrestle Kingdom 12. They have the advantage right now with two shows to be able to do that. Like if they throw that shit at you this year, I I, I can't, I, there's no way I could talk you out of the fact that they don't give a fuck about the tags, right? If, if, if this year we have two dome shows to fill, they don't give you quality at least one fucking night where there, you know, there's a quality defense of on both sides, heavyweight and junior, then you you gotta just you you gotta you gotta take a loss and just be like it's never gonna change. Like it's do, just you, the perfect just the perfect opening match, Damon, for a big show. Yeah, a junior tag title match, fifteen minutes, high paced. Everyone gets excited. You're sitting there, and then you see the, the, the ah, it's just, I just it just seems obvious to me. Yes, but and but the the one thing that is missing from that is that we need is give us a reason to care about it. Don't just throw it together at the last minute. You know, don't give us the same old same old. Give us a reason to be emotionally invested in it because then it'll really help take it over the top. Yes, opening match, pace, you know, all the energy, that's what you want from your junior tags, absolutely. But if you could sprinkle in, oh, I'm hooked into this because of X, great. Give me that emotional investment added to that that I just feel like sometimes is missing from these scenarios. Awesome. Um, and, and and I think they do that a lot more often, and it's not a lot, but a lot more often with the with – the, uh, uh, well, you know what? I was going to say they do it a lot more often with the heavyweight, but I don't even think that's true. Just give us, give us a reason to fucking care. And 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 we'll be in. Trust me, we'll be in. But yeah, I mean, they got two nights to do it. If they don't, if they don't find a way to fit it in in two nights, then they're never going to do it. All right, let's do some questions then uh, from Discord. Xavier says, "What are Damon's thoughts on Liger possibly wearing pasties at one point in time? 
are you familiar with this, Damon? Um, like on his I'll nipples. Send you on... We're talking? Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, please. <laughs> Please. I'll send you on well, WhatsApp. Send me that anyway. I, 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 even if I saw it a thousand times, a thousand and one times is going to be even better. Uh, okay, Liger. I've never been keen on showing my body off. This is Liger quoting. Uh, I don't know why. He's wonderful. Uh, I decided to do the battle Liger thing. I thought about putting those little pasties on the cover his nipples. Ah. Uh, I don't think he needs that. Look, the guy's oh, pasty. I was thinking pasties like Cornish pasties. <laughs> Delicious. Uh, no, the little, you know, the cover his nipples, little things. Um, it's weird. Like, we have weird stripping laws in the United States, and it's usually a, a state by state. So in New Jersey, you can't be fully nude and serve alcohol at the same place, right, um, in your in your strip clubs. So uh, we have these little workarounds where if they serve alcohol, um, it's like a bikini bar. And they can get all the way down to full boob minus nipple. So as long as the nipple is not exposed, Joel, we're good. But if one little areola... You can 3D. <laughs> if a little areola peeks out, we got a problem. We're going to shut down the fucking place. Which is ridiculous, but okay. I, whatever. It's, it's, it's dumb laws on top of dumb laws on top of dumb laws. Um, so that's that's... What the brief No, I do not think Liger needs those because, again, he's fifty-something years old. I mean, he's a fucking brick shit house. It looks great. Okay, uh, next question. Then let's go <laughs> to. <laughs> I thought you were going to keep going. This no, ended done. quite abruptly there. Oh, there's been more Hiromu stuff. There's excerpts from his diary. He's talking about Liger, so a lot of people are speculating that. We're going to get Hiromu versus Liger. But uh, just sticking with Hiromu there, I'm sending you another link here for Twitter. And the question from Aspir says, does Hiromu have the cutest family or does Hiromu have the cutest family? So it's not really a question per se, but uh, just a chance for us to remember, certainly one of my favorite wrestlers. Uh, you have a look at this, Damon. You tell us what you can see. Send it along if you're um, waiting for it to go out. Come into space. Oh, it hasn't sent yet. No, it hasn't. Oh, there it is. Now I got it. Okay, there it is. Ah, <laughs> oh, it's like a family. Uh, it's like a uh, family photos, or not family photos, but like you know, uh, a montage frame of different uh, where you would put family members. You know, different maybe a, a picture of the family on the beach, or maybe uh, at a picnic or at a birthday. But it's not. It's uh, Daryl, uh, an illustration of Daryl with like rolled up money. It looks like uh, Hiromo in, in a celebratory confetti falling from the ceiling. In ring, it looks like best of the super juniors, maybe. Uh, more Daryl Cat pictures, and then uh, just the in Losing Gobernabla's logo. Um, so yeah, that's his family. All right, we know that, right? So uh, look, I think there's speculation. I don't want to do this. I don't want to get everybody's hopes up. But uh, power struggle. It's power happening. struggle. Power struggles is is the whispers that uh, we are here. Uh, that's where he made his debut. That is it makes sense, doesn't it? Yeah. It, it does. It does. So some people seem to have that circled on their calendar. Uh, I'm not going to fall into it. If it happens, it happens, and we'll all be smiling. Um, I will say this, that I know in, in weeks previous, I was all on the Tanahashi board with uh, Liger's last match. You know, Hiromo, that would be something, wouldn't it? It would be something, just having the, uh, the lead-up 
Um, it's a it's a guy who uh, I don't know. It, just, it does make a. It is a. I think the the internet would would fall in on itself if that were announced. So I'm somewhat leaning that way. Uh, Power struggle still gives it time to uh, ride that momentum of hype. I'm not going to sit here and tell you Hiromo's coming out with power struggle, but let's let's uh, let's let's look to that and see what where we go with Hiromo at that point. I want to get one of the stuffed cat toys for my future child. I think that'll be a nice nice yeah. thing. I thought that'd be cool. Get a little Daryl for. I think so. Jolly one, as we, we call it so far. <laughs> is that right? We got, do we have a little junior? Well, that's half Joel. Uh, Mally's full name is Mally One, so it's been unofficially called Jolly One. While it's uh, still in good. the oven. Um, all right, Dakota Ibushi says, would Sonata besting Zack Sabre Jr. for the undisputed British heavyweight title be a good spot for him and way to get him to a Wrestle Kingdom singles match? Maybe with former champs like Ishii, Suzuki, or Zack Sabre Jr. rematch? Yeah. Um... Depends on how just, often he just wants anything, to go. Just anything but Sonata Evil tag. tag. Well, tag yeah. win. Just get me away from that. I really think Sonata and Evil both have to have singles programs going into Wrestle Kingdom. I like Evil more. I, I, I To me, um, I'm more Evil than I am Sonata at this point. Um, anything but the tag. And, and I hate to say it, but that's that's all I feel right now with them. That's all I feel is that we're going to get stuck with tag situation, and I'm just tired of it. I mean, I got no problem with him with the with the British title. I really don't. I mean, I just I just feel like we're getting tag. I think that that's <laughs> I just see it right coming down the street. I'm like, oh fuck! I think we're getting tag, Joel. I think we're getting evil Sonata tag. It's not even that the tag team's bad as such. It's just it just when that happens, you just think afterthought. It's a massive red flag, isn't it? Right. And they, they never felt that cohesive as a tag team. They've, you know, just give them a proper like entrance theme. That's not just Evil's theme for fifteen seconds, then Sonata's theme for fifteen seconds. Have them with matching costume. Have them have some cool tag moves together. That is not. The magic killer you know they, they can do better if they're going to go with a tag team you've got to go all in with a tag team and make it feel like a tag team that matters not just like oh here's two singles guys that we couldn't find anything to do with but yeah anyway we've done that one to death uh vase collector 420 said oh this is uh relevant are there any dads who aren't new japan lifers at this point would say ishii honma or suzuki ever leave for another promotion i think if the money is right especially I'd be more worried about the dads, to be honest with you. <laughs> um, you know, trying to make that final paycheck. Um, you know, being in that training umbrella, taking on the new students. Um, yeah, I mean, I honestly, I would be more worried about that than anything else. That uh, the the idea of them making a name for themselves in another promotion, being the head trainer or, or what have you. That would be that would be a concern. There is something to be said about loyalty, but um, there is also something to be said about oh, I'm making how much more money? <laughs> okay, for, for doing a lot less. Hmm. Where do I sign? There is something to be said about that. 
Mark says, isn't it a little funny and weird that New Japan has two dome shows where they'll need a few more title matches to fill out the cards, like an ROH title match or something with CMLL, and those two partnerships are either dead or on rocky ground with Dragon Lee and yeah. potentially Kawato. I, I don't think I don't know. they yeah. need no. the CMLL match or an ROH title match. I think there's more than enough titles and wrestlers for them to book both of those shows without having to have outside titles. Throw in the Rev Pro title... You got more than enough there. You got plenty. I mean, we just you you even mentioned, you know, what uh, voices pointed out that we've been saying a lot. They got plenty of talent. Work with what they got. They got they got plenty they can do. Um, Christ, we're we're we got two shows and we're somewhat worried about. Okay, are we going to be able to do this? We're going to be able to do that. We're going to be you know. No, I don't think you need all that. You, you have plenty of titles. Plenty, all of them can be defended throughout the two nights. And then you ha- you can, if you don't already have it, and I think that you do, have that undercard fill out rather nicely with with fun, interesting. I mean, look, let's put it this way. Night two, you got something that you definitely didn't have before. Name me a Liger match in the past five years from the fucking Wrestle Kingdom. He's been in rumbles or not even on the fucking show. Now we're going to shove in a high-profile marquee match with Liger. Okay, so now we're who else is you know where where are we putting everything else? You know that's going to be a huge part. You got on both nights. Look, I, no potential for two comeback matches which wouldn't need a title, right? I mean, there's a lot we got going on here. Don't 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 kid yourself. We don't need 900 secondary titles being defended on on these two shows. No, make do with what you got. You got plenty you could do. And you could start right now. No, I, I don't think I don't I don't agree with that at all. And the shirt guy says, "Hey guys, before I get to my question, I'd like to take a second and tell you guys that as a person who suffers from anxiety and depression and chronic loneliness, uh, the podcast Discord help in a big way. It helps to know uh, that a dork like me can be happy, successful, and it's okay to like this weird ass subculture we call progress. With that out of the way, I'd like to know what helps you guys wrestling or otherwise when you guys feel depressed, anxious, or even lonely. Well, uh, first, uh, I appreciate that person even mentioning that. So, so good, good for you for even you know putting that out there. I mean, that's 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 a step in a positive direction, I think. Right. Um. I and 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 I appreciate that we can help help in some way. That that means a ton. Like I'd rather hear something like that, Joel, than like, oh, that was a great take on fucking Shibata from 2011. You know what I mean? Like, I, yeah, that's know. the stuff I love. Like when someone says, "Oh, you make my hour-long commute to work more bearable," just little things like that. Just so we know we're just putting something nice out there. Yeah. Making the world a, a tiny, 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 tiny bit of a better place. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, yeah, but wow. Okay. So, um, and I think I responded to this person in our Discord that I'm probably the worst person to get advice from or tips or stuff along those lines because I tend to be, when I get in those episodic, uh, events and they happen often I'm not gonna lie um, I don't do best self-care at that point um, I can turn a bit self-destructive and I can turn 
Um, I probably don't do the smartest, wisest things. Um, now, luckily for me, I have a pretty, not a pretty, I have a fucking fantastic um, support group around me that kind of know when I get there, there um, and can kind of either, A, get me back on track or get me somewhere <laughs> where I can get back on track. Um, so... To me, I, I, knowing that they're there is probably the biggest key because for many years, and even to this day, I can't say I'm an expert, um, I will try to shove that back into the box when I know they're coming. And that a lot of times makes it worse. I feel like if I could just ride it, and acknowledge it and know what it is and know that it's happening and then take preventive measurement to then not have it get worse as opposed to, uh, here this comes, I got I to gotta quiet this, I got to quiet this noise, I got to fucking turn this off and whatever that, whatever will help doing that, let, just put it in me, I'm, I'm, I'm in or let me do or let me spend or let me whatever. Um... So being able to 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 some people have even talked about even embracing it and 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 really just taking it in and 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 as opposed to fighting scratching and kicking to to not have it happen. So that would be my best advice: is that when th those sh shitty things happen and you can feel your chemical um, disposition change in, within your body. Um, to try to be more receptive to it, to know what it is, to not fight it, but to ride it, if that makes any sense, right? Ride it as opposed to try and swim upstream against it. That doesn't mean give up. That just means acknowledge, take pre preventive steps to have it get any worse as opposed to put me – tie me up in a box and I'm just going to ch choke these these thoughts and feelings down with whatever method you choose. Does that make sense? Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, I've probably spoken about this before, but my mum has got bipolar. Uh, my wife suffers from depression. My sister suffers from depression. So it's more common than I, th I think a lot of us uh, think these days. So I'm in the opinion that if you are suffering from something chronic, it's good to go and see a specialist. It's just at least talk it through. I know for some people, medication doesn't work, but for others, it's just simply a chemical imbalance in the brain. So, you know, if, you, if you've got a cold, you take cold medicine. I see mental health and depression as the same thing. So, and I know that doesn't work for everyone and like respect to you if you think you don't need it or it's not going to help you, you don't want it. Fair enough. It's, you know, different strokes with different folks, but... Uh, I've seen my wife without her depression medication and her with the depression medication and it's like two different people. So I'm happy to say that's working for her. So go and talk to a professional if you, you know, you really think that this is something that's chronic. But uh, in terms of the sort of, you know, the, the daily grinds, you know, when you, you feel a bit miserable and depressed, which happens to all of us, um, get a cat. That helps. <laughs> when yeah. I'm feeling down, if having a little cuddle with Scampi or Gatti always cheers me up. Or 
just something that's you know a bit of self betterment. Go down the gym, or I'll, I'll do a bit of what? Mandarin study, or, or <laughs> read a chapter from a book, or whatever. Something that uh, I, I might feel better about afterwards than if I'm like, oh fuck it, I'm gonna go to McDonald's, or you know, go down the bar, or whatever. Um, well, so, yeah, yeah, those would be my tips. Uh, you're gonna think I'm. Like, oh, I listen I, to podcasts as well. Podcasts make a huge difference. Sorry, sorry to talk over no, you, David, no, yeah, no, but yeah. there have been times where I've been anxious or, or miserable, and I've listened to podcasts like the. I really enjoyed the Ricky Gervais XFM podcast with Stephen Merch and Carl Pilkington. They always make me laugh, even yeah. if I'm having a shit day or whatever. So uh, that can help as well. A laugh absolutely, absolutely um, helps. You know, uh, no doubt. Um, just something to kind of change the the state. Um, and you're gonna think I'm nuts. And I'm not saying this just to be fucking silly. I'm really not. <laughs> Masturbate. And I, now hear me out. I was going to say that. I was definitely going to say that. Hear me you, out. You're onto something there. When yeah. you have crappy decisions that you're really anxious over, right? Hear me out. Rub one out, right? Then make the decision. Because a lot of times you just need that somewhat you just need two seconds of everything out of the mind and just that occurring chemically in your body right and for some reason it's like hitting the refresh button isn't it it really is it really is it really is now i now listen i don't know what your your private areas can maintain right you don't want to do this 12 times a day you're gonna go raw but some like that can help as weird as that fucking sounds I, I know I sound like a maniac right now, but I, it, sometimes it does. A lot of times it does. It just gives, it hits the reset button. So when in doubt, rub one out. <laughs> if we had titles for our podcast, that would be the title for this one. <laughs> when in doubt, rub um, one out. Yeah. All right. Um, Twitter. Qu- oh, no. We've got. No, uh, Twitter questions. Let's go uh, back to JDM here. He says, uh, why do you think we haven't gotten David Starr in New Japan? He's one of the top available talents. Could even work near the top of cards in America. Do they think his gimmick wouldn't work in Japan? Is ROH blocking it somehow, given his anti-Sinclair promos? No, no, I'm, no. You know what? I'm going to be honest, and, and I don't know if this is the case or not, but there are two sides to every story. It's not just, not just a promotion who wants to have a pro wrestler under their banner, it's the pro wrestler wanting to work at a company, right? Maybe David Starr doesn't want really want to work for New Japan Pro Wrestling. Maybe, right? I don't I don't know. I've never really had a conversation with him. He lives in Philly from when he, or he used to live in Philly. Um, so I don't know. Um, would New Japan have interest in David Starr? I mean, there, there's nobody that's told me no, like, you know, there's nobody that's been like, oh, there's that's one asshole we're not fucking signing. You know, nobody said that. Um, but yet, in, in, in the same breath, nobody's been beating down my doors being like, what do you think of David Starr? You know? Um, I I think he's very good. Um, but again, it might just come down to the fact that he doesn't want to work for New Japan Pro Wrestling. Uh, but I, truth be told, I don't know the specifics with him. Um but usually we'll get people talking about, hey, what do you think about this guy? What do you think about that guy? And he's not one of those guys that people are doing that about. So it, it might be a mutual thing. Maybe, you know, who knows? Uh, but no, I haven't really heard a lot either 
pro or con on David Starr. Vince says, do you guys think New Japan could run MSG solo or do you think they would need ROH to get them in the door? Also, no. could you see them running a Wrestle Kingdom or a Dominion at the Garden? Uh, Wrestle Kingdom should stay in Tokyo. I don't want that moving around. I want that to be very fucking clear. That is a Tokyo Dome event. I, I don't want it moved. Two. Yeah, same with could, Dominion and Osaka. I think they're yep. synonymous. Yep. The, the big, those big shows stay there, right? Could they run Madison Square Garden? Joel, I mean, look, let, let's let's take the financial, and, and it's hard to do because that at the end of the day, it's about running a building where you're profitable. But let's take that aside. If, if all things were equal and we're just looking at, can we get asses in seats? I truly believe they could run Madison Square Garden because you would be able to draw from not only the New York audience, but also the suburban New York audience, Philadelphia, the surrounding Philadelphia area. People go to Madison Square Garden all the time for events. Big concerts, they'll go. They'll take a train up. It's not a big deal. Um, it's not a, that big of a headache. Um, I truly believe they could run Madison Square Garden if, if they ran a show that people would want to see. Again, you can't just show up at Madison Square Garden with a lion mark and say, we're here, and two days later announce some fucking multi-man tag match as your main event. That's not going to fly. If they put together a show that was sexy and meaty and gave people a reason to go, yes, you're going to get the people that already would go, but you're also going to get that a little bit more than, than casual audience. And there's plenty of them to travel to Madison Square Garden for a big show. Um, so they answered the question, they could, if they do it right. Cross Queen 12 says, thoughts on Kenta's love of Tomo. So I don't know if you've been following the backstage comments, Damon, but Kenta keeps talking about how dreamy and hunky Ishii is and how it's distracting him and his, <laughs> his boy band good looks. Yeah. Uh, um, I have heard a little bit of it. Um, I just think it's he's just, as uh, we would like to say, uh, taking the piss, Joel, I believe. Um, yeah, I mean, nobody uh, thinks of Ishii in that, in that, in that realm. And uh, I think he's busting his balls because he's not, uh, which is hurtful. Because uh, we don't want to always say mean things. But no, it, it's kind of funny, actually. Um, because he's definitely not a cut of the boy band quality, for sure. Lachlan says, if you took out all the foreigners from the G1 and filled it with Japanese talents from other promotions, who would you use? So give me a, a handful of names that you, from yep. other Japanese promotions that you would like to see, hypothetically, in a G1 Climax. Uh, I mean, you could start right with uh, Joe Dorings and Kenta Miyahara and uh, oh, oh no, uh, we, you can't. We can't do any. We can't do any. It has to be all Japanese. Yes, Japanese talents. So, yeah, Naoya Nomura is very good. Uh, yep. Yuji Okabayashi, he's been yep. great this year. I'd yep. love to see him in a G one. Um, Dragon Gate, maybe a KZ yeah. or a Ben K. DDT, think- maybe a Tetsuya Endo. Yeah. I think you got to throw in your, your, your uh, Daisuke, Sakimoto. Keno, Keno yeah. yeah. Yep. I mean, there's plenty you can dip your toes into. <laughs> I mean, you, you, go, you go around, there's plenty to pick from. I don't think anybody, I don't think there's a shortage of talent from a, from a Japanese perspective, that's for sure. 
Um, yeah, I mean, right there, we gave you what? Ten names right out of the gate. We could do a G1 just without New Japan guys, quite honestly. I think we're good there, yeah. DB says, how would you feel about increasing the number of participants in the G1 if it was broken to four blocks with block winners going into semi-final matches? I think if it's not broke, don't fix it. I like 20 men, two blocks of 10. I would not feel comfortable with having four blocks. Yeah, that's a bit, bit much. There's, and and here's the thing. There's no need. My, my I think the point of that is supposedly, again, the best of the best, right? I don't want it littered with no offense, but you don't need, you know, I don't know, lower level, B level, C level guys competing in G1 just to fill it out. I think I think we're good with what we got. I think I think keeping it right in that same realm of what we've got is kind of the sweet spot, right? You really don't want to get too far out. Um, and adding a whole entire different block. I also want to say thank you to uh, Francesco Biondo, who's just purchased one of our T-shirts. Oh. So thank you, Francesco. Wear it in good health. Uh, I hope he doesn't mind us saying his name on air, but uh, if you don't, if you're not comfortable with that, let us know. We'll edit it out. But I just wanted to say thank you, Francesco. Yes. We love you. Uh, Joe says, question for Music Damon. Thoughts on the verb, the verb XTC and Kraftwerk? Okay. Uh, Kraftwerk, not a big fan. I'm not a big fan. Although, I mean, again, you can't deny what they did when it came to electronic music and such. But um, And a lot of the bands that I listen to um, or were heavily influenced by Kraftwerk, but I've never been a big fan. They, they're the very simplistic electronic music that just I just found it to be a little repetitive and boring. So uh, I'll give a thumbs down to the Kraftwerk. Uh, thumbs up. XTC, I like some songs. There's some songs that I like, but sometimes they're a little too quirky for my tastes. Um, but overall, they're okay. And then the Verve, love one of the best British bands ever. Um, Urban Hymns, one of my favorite albums of all time. Northern Soul, great. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, Urban Hymns is. Top to bottom, just a fucking great album. I think Richard Ashcroft is great. So yeah, um, they're they're in my top ten. Verve, absolutely. And seeing, I saw Ashcroft open up for Liam, and that was pretty good because it was just him and a guitar doing fucking Verve songs. It was great. Um, so yeah, uh, thumbs up all the way for Verve. John says, what do you guys think about the closed fist rule? It's pretty lame how the ref tells the fighter no closed fist since many wrestlers use it as their main offense nowadays. Do you think the ref should stop trying to enforce this or do you like the idea of the rule? Uh, yeah, it seems weird. Like why you can have Juice Robinson punching someone square in the face with his left hand of God, but then everyone else is doing forearms. I mean, but that's always been the case, right? I mean, fucking Stan Stasiak had the heart punch, right? It's a punch. How's that? How's that legal? Uh, motherfucker won the world champion. Beat Bruno San Martino with it. Um, but yeah, it's all you know. They've always had something like that. Um, but look, you can't if you're going to sleep at night worrying about the punch. You, you it's going to be hard for you to enjoy pro wrestling. You know, so sometimes it gets a little much. But yeah, I, I see the point. But sometimes you just kind of got to just let that glaze over and 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 move on because. 
you'll, you'll be <laughs> you'll see a lot of inconsistencies. That's for sure. Just the guy says, show Osprey and Shingo are complete stars. Who do you think makes the biggest impact at heavyweight? I think long term, Osprey, but yeah. Shingo, yeah. he's a guy that I would be putting the trigger on sooner rather than later. He's fucking awesome. I, I mean, I would have him in the mix for a title. I, I, I just, I, I don't like. I, I, to me, he's the most interesting Lij guy. He's he's top five favorite wrestler right now for me. He he checks all the boxes. I'd have him in the, in, in the mix, and I'd have him in the mix right now. He could he could instantly spice up that tag division if you wanted to. I mean, imagine him and Evil, Shingo and Evil. Yeah, I, I hope we get some freshening up of the Lij tag team in the World Tag League this year. I would take that in a fucking heartbeat. Again, who's who's losing? But have them win it is what I'm saying. <laughs> you know, have, if they're going to have to take a fall once in a while, okay, great. But have them walk away with those ugly fucking trophies. Shingo and Evil? Oh, it's a meaty fucking beefy tag team I can get behind. Yeah. Shingo nah, and she- Evil versus Goto Ishii oh, in the final or God Wrestle damn. Kingdom. God damn, that would be great. You know, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. But you could easily have him in the mix and and do it quickly. Uh, Vince says, if New Japan closes its doors tomorrow, which promotion would be your number one? I don't think it would be an American promotion. I just think for the sort of stuff I want to see, like top tier, work rate, big matches, probably looking at maybe an All Japan or a Dragon Gate. DDT... I like the the high end stuff. Maybe I should give it more of a chance. I think if I cared more, if I was more invested in it and knew more about the wrestlers and their backstories, I'd probably enjoy it more because I do like comedy wrestling. Uh, but I'd probably say yeah, All Japan or Dragon Gate for the time being. All Japan would be high on the list. Um, I just think for ease of use, and again, not everything sticks with me, but I think AEW would be close, right? Just be able to pop it on and, and watch um and it's you know it, to me it's much better than what the other products are um impact might be on the list if they you know I've i heard good things about this yeah. elgin marafuji match yeah and and elgin's had a couple pretty decent matches on impact it's just it's just so far under the radar i'll tell you what no, no, and and I would agree. Do you, have you watched any of that NWA stuff on YouTube? Power, yeah, it's great. I really Isn't like it? it. Isn't but, it? But okay, here's the thing: I watch a lot of my YouTube stuff in double speed, and Power is the perfect ma- uh, perfect show to watch in double speed because then it's half an hour. You, you know, you're not going to be getting any like balls to the wall five star wrestling matches because it's all that kind of retro Southwest, TV, yeah. TV. Yeah. So yeah. you're not going to miss anything in that regards. And the promos are great. I, just, I love it. I think it's really good. Me too. I've enjoyed everything that I've seen from them. Um, and again, it's, it does have that retro feel. I mean, it is, you know, like it's 6.05 Saturday morning or Saturday afternoon. Um, it got a good feel. I like I liked, I liked the presentation. I like the fact that Wrestlers are, are going out there and doing what they do well and, and getting themselves over and 
and and it's not scripted and it's and it feels you know it feels like pro wrestling so yeah i mean i don't know if it would be my absolute favorite but you know, of all these promotions and all the this wrestling war that we talk about i think and uh, the nwa has done a really great job of at least making themselves feel different right giving you know it feels like raw and aew are going you know, with the for, for the same look and the same feel, and eventually, you know, the end result is you might not necessarily feel there's much difference. NWA, you 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 got a vibe, and 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 they've gone out of their way to give you to, and present themselves as a true alternative to the big arena fireworks pyro TV show. I, I and I like that a ton. Uh, they, 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 they went backwards to look outside the box and I, and I definitely appreciate what they're doing. It looks good. Yeah. I'm a big fan of Nick Aldis. He's a guilty pleasure of mine. I know he's not the best worker in the world, but just the way he carries himself and the way he speaks, he just exudes that aura of a champion that you like to see in your wrestling main eventers. So, uh, yeah, I'm a fan and I also liked him when they did the, this was ages ago, but they did a reboot of Gladiators in the UK, and he was one of the Gladiators. Oh, yeah. I can't remember what his name is now. I'm going to have to look it up because that's going to bother me otherwise. Another one was um, Goliath. He went on to become Mason Ryan in WWE. Uh, <laughs> but oh, no, I'm gonna, I've, got, I've got to look this up. But, uh, Go for it. Nick Aldis, here we are. Oblivion, that was it. Oblivion. <laughs> Big fat <laughs> Oblivion back in the day. And uh, good to see him as an NWA champion. Um, all right, Oscar Rooney says, what is up with Taguchi wearing the Eddie Guerrero boots and doing his move, the Three Amigos? Is he a fan or is it just coincidence? Oh, I'm sure it's some kind of trip. It was recently uh, anniversary of his passing, wasn't it, with Eddie? And he was mentioned in, uh, like, Jericho even, you know, did a little slide uh, reference uh, during a promo. So, uh, no, I'm sure it's some kind of tribute. I'm sure, uh, well, you know, Black Tiger was, was a pretty big influence back in, um, you know, early 90s. When Guerrero was working that in New Japan, and I think his influence throughout pro wrestling in general. Um, you talk to a lot of the guys, and they're they're, you know, when they go down the list of people who have influenced them, you know, ton of them are all over Eddie Guerrero. So, no, I, I don't. I don't think the. I would say the majority of times when you see something, it's like ah, that that's that's a that, you know. And, We'll use Eddie Guerrero as the you know uh, is that a tip of the cap to Eddie Guerrero nine times out of ten it probably is, um, which is good. I like pro wrestlers remembering history and remembering the people that uh, came before them. I like that a lot. Darth Koala says, "Now that Tanahashi seems to be on his way out, what is your favorite title defense from him? Also, do you think he will take a Nagata style role, or is he having a big retirement match and that's it?" Uh, I remember was it against Suzuki. King of Pro Wrestling, I want to say 2012. I remember that being a really terrific match. I mean, the trilogies with Okada have to be top of the list, right? I mean, the one where, and I always forget the numbers, but you know, everybody in that dome thought Okada was walking out with that title. Tanahashi pulls it off. Um, yeah, I mean, look, we talk about those those classic matches, you know, like the ra- rarefied air. But yeah, there was a Suzuki uh, Wrestle Kingdom one that was really good too. Um, 
He's one of the greatest pro wrestlers of our lifetime. And, and, and you know, one of the rare people that we, we, you can point a finger and be like, best? And have an absolute compelling argument for best wrestler in the past 10 years. So, um, yeah, but I would think one of those Okada matches, I mean, depending upon what mood I'm in, would be top of my list. And what do you see his role going forward? Do you think he's just going to gradually slide down the card or do you think it's going to be retirement, big retirement match and that's that? Kind of feels like he's a slide down the card kind of guy, don't you think? Um, I'm sure he'll have many different variations of retirement, but it, he doesn't feel like a guy to me that's just going to be like, okay, one match done and not really see him anymore. He does feel like he's a guy that's going to slide down the card. The Goldfather says, is Jay White a top three talker in the biz right now? I don't know. I'm not a big fan of Jay White promos because they always just seem to be... Ha, ha, ha. I got it's you. Just, yeah. <laughs> and then he talks quietly and then he starts yelling and then it's quiet and it's yelling. It's kind of like, reminds me of Randy Orton. <laughs> um, I, I think... Give me a top I, three then, because I I don't think Jay White's in the top three for even New Japan alone. I'd have Juice. Juice He's is right up there. there. Juice is, might be top Suzuki. of the list. Suzuki's good. Um, I mean, he does captive capture that that evil, sinister you know don't fuck with guy. Um, Juice, I just love just for the emotion that he brings. Right. I mean, him in tears during that David Finley promo. Did you see that? I mean, that was that was yeah. to me. That's good stuff. You know what I mean? Like, he's like he's he could barely get out the fucking words. He's it, it, every word was a struggle between him fighting back tears. You know, he wishes Moxley was would have been there. He knows he could have beat him. He wasn't necessarily prepared for Lance Archer, but 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 he'll be back. You know, like that's that's compelling interview to me. Um, and I think for humor purposes just because he fits my sense of humor Zach like listening to a Zach interview just like he is the epitome of what a fucking just smug prick right and I and I get a kick out of that and any funny and he drops band references that I enjoy so um, I might go Zach there Kyle says, I got borderline obsessed watching Jay White flip his hair back with his hand after every single fucking move. He's like Kevin Nash on Adderall. Do you think this is merely an annoying habit of Jay's or a clever, subtle heel trait? I don't understand people who spend more, you're right, like long hair. Okay, great. Uh, it, that, it's going to get in your hair. It's going to get in your head, you know, uh, if, you're, if you're in there, there was an MMA fighter, ben, Benson Henderson, who had really long hair and he's constantly brushing it out of his face i'm like mate this is an actual prize fight you're gonna get your head kicked in like surely if you tied that back or cut it off that would give you an advantage or at least not a disadvantage where you're constantly having to do that right you would think you know in a real f- mma fight you need 100 concentration on what somebody's doing and if, and if even for a second it's oh i gotta get this hair out of my eye you're gonna get a fucking uh, fist to the mush um. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I don't understand that. Like, I don't understand. And 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 it might be a guy thing. I just don't understand the idea of sacrificing convenience and comfort 
for fashion. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, if you're spending more time moving your hair out of your eyes, something's something's amiss. Um, yeah, so, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm in full agreement. I, I, and I have noticed that, too, and it is like, just cut the fucking hair or pull it back, my man. Um, but, okay, there you go. Brian says, who pisses overseas fans off more, Omega or White? Japanese fans or us? Us. Western fans, I think he means. Overseas Omega. fans. Omega. Absolutely. I don't think Jay White comes fucking close to pissing off uh, North American, Australian, British fans as much as Kenny Omega. Kenny Omega, I mean, well, he... He has fans, absolutely, and loud fans and, and, and boisterous fans. He also has a pocket of people who just – he stands for everything that, that is bad in pro wrestling. Um, and there's there, – let's put it this way. <coughs> Excuse me. There are, there are plenty of people that, that you ask them, what's your opinion, Jay White? Ah, he's all right. Nobody is, is – ah, Kenny Omega's all right. It's either, ah, he's really fucking great or, oh, that motherfucker. And there's there are no sixes or sevens when it comes to Kenny Omega. It's two sides of the same coin because the people who love Kenny Omega also tend to be the people who despise Jay White. Really? Yeah. Um, why do you think that is? Is that more of because they want Kenny in New Japan and they wrestle a very different style? Jay White is more methodical and slow-paced and deliberate, whereas Kenny Omega is more high-paced, flashy, high spots. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, in, in a in, you can only have one. Which one are you taking? Right now. Oh, that's really tough. Mm. I think Kenny. Kenny's a better wrestler now, but in five years, or maybe even two years, might be a different story. Although I've come to really love Jay White, so yeah, that's really difficult because they're so different. Yeah, there is nothing subtle about Kenny Omega. <laughs> you know, uh, you know, I take that back. There, there is. Um, but yeah, branded gun to the head. I'm gonna take. Again, just for the the now, just just for the now. You're right. In two years, there could be a completely different fucking story. Right now, I'm t- I would probably take Kenny Omega. Um, this is from I, I'm not. I might have copied the Twitter name down wrong. A little lazy says David Finley. What can we do with him to push him to the next stratosphere? Here's the problem. David Finley doesn't look any fucking different from David Finley nine months ago. Okay, he lost a little weight or gained a little muscle, but like I was kind of hoping for a hard reset, and that hasn't happened. He's the same fucking dude. Why am I thinking he's better now? Why would I think that he's more than what he was? I mean, again, it is about the booking, but... On the surface, there's nothing for me to be overly excited about. Yay, David Finley's back. Oh, it's the same David Finley. It's not really changed. Okay? <laughs> Should I expect more of the same? Or, you know? 
I would have thought that there would have been, that would have been a perfect would have been, would have been a perfect opportunity. New gimmick, new feel, new coat of paint. Yeah, get the same fucking guy wearing a pair of Vans in the ring. Okay, he's cool. I like him. Don't get me wrong, but is there what's new? What's new, Dave? What's new? Again, booking to 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 be determined. There could be a turn. There could be you know what whatever. Okay, I'm, I'm I we need a new coat of paint, uh, and we need it sooner than later because there's not one person that's sitting there thinking, okay, well, what this, this this seems new and fresh. It's not. It's the same. Chris says, if you could take any star from another sport and put them in New Japan, who would you pick? My pick would obviously be Ashley Barnes. Um. Hmm. Who would I pick? That's a good question. I'm picking sumo star Hakuho because not only is he an amazing sumo wrestler, but he's just a smug twat. He's arrogant. He's got this arrogant little smirk that he does after he beats people. He could be a bit of a prick sometimes. I think he would be great. I think uh, Jason Kelsey from the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, he is the guy that is infamous for his speech after the Eagles won the uh, Super Bowl. He was dressed in the Mummers costume, and he went on his uh, pro wrestling interview rant where it got beeped 5,000 times because he was dropping F-bombs every five seconds. Uh, he's a big guy, mobile. Think of um, kind of built like a uh, uh, an Albert, Prince Albert. Um uh, but yeah, I would go. I would go that route. Uh, I would say that that let's let's start there. Um, that, that's the first one off the top of my head. Teja says, if Prince Devitt stayed in New Japan, would he have ever become IWGP Heavyweight Champ? It looked like they were going in that direction, didn't it? I tell you what, he. I mean, he. You would think he would be the guy leading that Bullet Club, um, right when it was starting to really pick up. Um, and then AJ walks in and takes care of that and away we go. Yeah, I would think, I would think he would be one of those guys on a short list that they were looking at. I mean, again, they always looking at size and, you know, is he a big enough guy? And, but I mean, he was competing with the big boys. He was that smug little prick heel. Oh, I mean, you would think you would think he would be one of those guys that they had they had uh, penciled in as as a, as a solid maybe for for uh, the future for this company. So I, I would say yeah. It's remarkable, really, when you think about it, that they've managed to get what I think are the four perfect people to be leading the Bullet Club at that particular time. Yeah, just to get four real top quality wrestlers who not only can deliver in-ring, but can talk as well, just to have Prince Devitt and then AJ Styles and then Kenny Omega and then Jay White in just a seamless manner, just all just blending smoothly into one another with, the, you know, managing to get a little storyline boost with the transition. It's, it's really impressive. It is. And the fact that really those four guys, you know, all had a different feel about them. You know, it wasn't just like cookie cutter leader of the Bullet Club. They all feel a little different and kind of give you new, um, I guess, you know, new pockets of time to be created around them. You know, AJ to me is much different than Jay White, and Jay White is much different than than Kenny. 
and Devitt is much diff- different than Jay. You know what I mean? Like they're all feel different, all had similar roles, but yet still feel completely fresh, different, and kind of like their own. Po- I guess pocket of time is, for lack of a better term, that I can come up with for that faction. Um, fresh. Uh, and and you know you, you talk about gimmicks. This thing's been going on for a little bit now. So to be able to, you know, maybe not even lose a beat when it comes to Bullet Club stuff, it's it is pretty remarkable. Joe says, random question. Just want to hear your thoughts. Why does Taiji Ishimori look so stiff, like he's broken his back or something, when he's walking down the ramp? Yet when he's in the ring, he's so fluid. Always has me puzzled. Uh, Michael responds and says, I think because when he's entering, he's trying to mimic the same walk the original Bone Soldier used to do, but he doesn't bother to keep it up while wrestling. <laughs> you shed any light on that, Damon? <laughs> Maybe. That's probably closer to the truth than anything else. Um, yeah, that, and it's hard to really walk with those big fucking arms as. Uh, being that he is like a little fire, incredibly man. tight leather pants. Yeah, he's got that like a bit of a waddle when he comes down, doesn't he? He does. He does. Um, again, he's very compact. Is what he is. He's, very, he's like a tree trunk. So yeah, that's that. That, that is uh, maybe maybe that is the case. He's trying to bone soldier it. Uh, I love him a lot. I, I I think he's really good. He's one of my favorites. But um, hopefully, we'll see some more out of him soon. Good. All right. What else? Uh, one more question I have time for. Anders says, do you think Juice Robinson will stay in the US title picture or could he move up to the Never Division or potentially even the IC title mix? I would think IC title is the next thing. Honestly, I, w- I would think tag. Couldn't you give him a tag strap? I would absolutely give him a tag strap. Again, Finn Juice. That's a perfect example of a fresh tag team that I would be perfectly happy to see win the World Tag League and challenge for the belts at the Dome. Yeah. Just freshen it up. Just anything to get away from the staleness of the scene. But yeah, juice in tag matches is something we haven't seen and or haven't seen prominently. And I think that will be good. It's like I think he needs to move away from being the guy who's there to put over the incoming Western star. Because, you know, he's done that with Cody. He's done that with Moxley. Let's see something different now. Yep, yep. Do something different. But yeah, I think... Uh... The next steps for him are tag belts and, and or I think he's beyond never. I really do. I don't think that's the right fit for him too. I don't think that title is 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 a juice title. Intercontinental, can I say it? Yeah. I mean, again, it's all about the booking. You could do anything. Um, but I think that would be the next step, tag or intercontinental. All right, I do want to say thank you to the kind people who donated money to us on Red Circle. You can do the same if you go redcircle.com forward slash shows forward slash super dash j dash cast. Uh, it's very much appreciated, but unfortunately we don't have your names. All we got was the money. So if you are one of those lovely people who sent us money, let us know on Twitter and then we can give you the proper thanks uh, on the next show. And our Discord server, you can find the link to that in the show notes. And prowrestlingtees.com forward slash superjcast so uh, people buying t-shirts now Damon <laughs> it's I exciting it. times I love it uh, massive thank you to editor Dan you can check out his music on Twitter at Escape the Box UK and YouTube um, at Escape the Box UK I think what, did I say it was YouTube forward slash Escape the Box UK I think it was anyway no I've got to check that I can't do down dirty like this right, I'll do down dirty I'll, 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 yeah you look I'll, 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 I'll hype it up again I got no Escape problem with that. The- uh, again, Spotify, Apple Music, um, anywhere that you listen to music, this thing is there. Yes. Pariah. You got it? 
I was right. It's youtube.com forward slash escape the box UK. There you go. All right. And again, help support our uh, Dan, get, make it the Glastonbury. <laughs> um, and uh, again, support uh, his endeavor because uh, not only is it mean a lot to us, but it's damn fucking good. So give it a listen. Give it a couple listens. Put it in heavy rotation on your playlists. Anything helps. The great escape the box. You can also subscribe to the Voices of Wrestling podcast network for other shows. And we might have an ad soon. Damon, I'm yeah, excited. You got to knock that one out of the park for us. Of course I will. Oh, I mean, I, I, why wouldn't I? But uh, yeah, I have a phone call this week, right? This week uh, with uh, a potential sponsor. So uh, we will do that. Uh, I can't wait for them to listen to all the great <laughs> Teton dick content. I think it, if what I understand about this company is correct, I think it would be extremely on brand. I do too. What we talk about. Right. So, uh, yeah, I can't think of one better. So, yeah, uh, hopefully that'll come, th- come through and uh, we'll, 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 you'll know it because you'll hear it. So uh, exciting times for the Super Bowl. Um, give us a five snake review on iTunes follow us on Twitter at the Super J thank you everyone for listening and goodbye